Ladies and gentlemen, get your popcorn ready, sit back, relax, because it's about time for chatting with George Noonan. Oh, yeah. Everybody, welcome back. Thanks for listening. I'm here with Mike Went of Wicked Bites and uh, formerly ZLX and ROR. Is that correct? I never did ROR. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I did. Uh, yeah, the resume. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I've done ZLX. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've done be, being at ZL. I started at ZLX. That was my first one. And ZLX was originally with uh, CBS Radio. And being in the building, starting out in radio, I kind of did a cup of coffee with everybody. Um, I did a cup of coffee with the the Sports Hub, uh, Amp when they first started, uh, and then Mix I spent some time with. uh, Never did BCN. That was the one I never got to that I wish I did. Uh, And then after ZLX closed, uh, well, not closed, but uh, moved over to iHeart, I went to WAF. That's what um, I meant to say. And then I've also, through the, the Wicked Bites radio show, uh, been on WRKO for the last 15 years, up until pandemic. Uh, and then also with uh, that movie show, which is my po- has been my podcast for three years, uh, last year we also turned it into a radio show on North Shore 104.9. Uh, but that's no longer on the radio either. So <laughs> it's been a, been a weird, uh, I don't know, it's seven months, feels like 20 years. Is that right? Really? <laughs> so you're in limbo with, with everything or some of yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, it's uh, one, of the, one of the downsides of, of, of this whole thing has been being a creative person in it yeah. um, because pretty much all the industries I'm connected to like shut down like, uh, for lack of a better term. And, uh, it's like, you know, radio, television, film, all, you know, stopped when essential at best, uh, you know, TV and film have been getting back slowly. <laughs> the lights just went out in the garage. It's like, we don't often do the late ones, but okay. That, yeah, that's, so we're going to do this in the dark. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Mood lighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so t- TV and film have been slowly coming back. Uh, but uh, the movie theaters aren't really doing anything, uh, and, and Showcase Cinemas was was a sponsor of that movie show, uh, so so that kind of that went away. We were actually literally like maybe three weeks before uh, COVID started in March, we had had a, a great meeting with Showcase. We were on the the verge of a, a new, better contract and bigger stuff. We we're going to be doing live events with them, um, and that all just went away. And 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Wicked Bites, uh, it's still on the air. I, I'm, at the moment, not really a part of it just because, again, of, of, of COVID. We're not out filming because uh, the, the show made the bulk of its money from sponsorships, mostly restaurant sponsorships. Do you like the train, by the way? That is a train. I like that. <laughs> it's, right, it's literally it, it reminds me, 20 uh, feet away from the garage, the end I, of the garage. Uh, I've been going to Delray Beach, Florida for my entire life. My grandmother, my grandparents lived there. Now my mother and my aunt both have places there. And there's a bar that we usually end our nights at uh, called Johnny Brown's. And if you're if you're sitting at Johnny Brown's, it's right on the train tracks. And if the train goes by, half off shots. <laughs> Is that right? So, yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. them while they're hot, right? Yeah. So, that, that <laughs> that. But, uh, but yeah, so so it's it's been a it's been a, a weird. It, it's been tough for 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 us creative folk uh, trying to figure out our place during this COVID stuff, um, and I mean, for for lack of a better term, I don't, I don't know the 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 content of your of your show. You but can say it, whatever you want. It, it's like throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. There, there basically, at this okay. point, um, you know, and w- professionally, everything's on pause. Yeah. Is the easiest way to put it. Uh, you know, like many people, I've been on unemployment since March fifteenth, okay, day one. Um, and but I did see you last weekend, yeah. on uh, on Wicked Bites. I happen to be watching it. But it, like I it, said, the show's still on the air. right, right. You the would, show's still you on were doing, the air. You were doing the whole the holding the plane. Which like one was like, on? Because because I have, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber, and and they lost Nesson. <laughs> I I read your post about that. Yeah. Um, I I it was the one you you had. Oh God! You, you, what do you have? Be, I forget your meal of the the choice of the meal, but the girl, what's her name? Dan, it's not Danielle, is it? We've had a few. Okay. Um, God, I want to say it's in Chelmsford, but okay. I but I don't know. What was the, what was the, the the theming of it? See, I I don't really because I was I was half paying attention. Okay. And um, you were hold you had a a burger of some sort, I believe. Okay. And it looked it looked really good to be honest, but I I wish I I wish I knew I was going to bring yeah, this is going because I don't sure I I don't remember exactly, That's but okay. I did see the episode uh, okay. Saturday I believe or Sunday. It's on set, yeah, Saturday mornings. Okay, Saturday mornings, yes, it, um, yes, it was on. And I, again, I don't. There was beer involved. Of course, it was beer involved. Actually, yeah, oh, well, I, remember one, yeah. I remember one. You were at a bar in the, and there was a guy who was was you you interviewed him from the table, and he literally said one word for every answer. And then you were ordering drinks, and you had a bucket of. Um, you, they offered you like a certain dimensions or whatever mm-hmm. sizes, mm-hmm. and it came in a bucket. And you said, "Well, if you can have the option for a bucket, you do the bucket." I'm based on the way you described that. I'm guessing that was uh, the stumble in. Yeah. Yes, you were stumbling in the stumbling in. Stumbling yes. in. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So, so thank you. Because a quick fun story about that one, uh, since that, that one we remember. Um, <laughs> I had filmed that. Uh, that was an interesting shooting day because I had been that was I had been home for about forty eight hours after a five day Vegas trip. Nice. Uh, so I couldn't speak. Uh, I had no voice. Uh, I had a limp that I couldn't explain, <laughs> and I was basically uh, on a two day hangover after five days in Vegas. And I got there and literally was just sitting quietly just drinking water the whole time to the point that one of the customers thought I was on drugs uh, and the other bartender thought I thought I was like a recovering alcoholic and they're just like what what is wrong with you why are you like 
like I'm like I just did five days in Vegas. Like oh yeah, oh, right. Enough oh said. That's, shit that, that's, okay man. So it was literally <laughs> like uh, I would sit there quietly and then I would like basically uh, cough my voice up because I, I was literally talking like this off camera and then. The second the camera starts rolling, it's like, <laughs> and then I could talk for like thirty seconds, and then I would lose my voice completely. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah, that was a. I never would have guessed. I was a yeah. Good for you. you the, the, the wonders of editing. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, you, you faked it till you make it. That's but it, but the I mean it, it's it's tough because they were sitting there and they're making drinks and and yeah. and they have this this wall of creative shots yes, and stuff yes. and I'm just like and some you I'm, can't say on TV. I remember exactly, that part. I remember yeah. that part. And and I'm completely faking it the whole time. I'm just like oh yay cheers. Cut away. <laughs> so you never actually drank any of it. Not on that day. No. Oh, that's I think I might have had a couple sips of light beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just because the camera was there, and they made their own, I believe they made probably. their own. A lot of places, they, a lot of places yeah, too. Yeah, that's probably. I, I, I probably, my guess, it was an IPA. <laughs> I th- actually, I think it was. Uh, everybody, it was. Uh, you know, that's something. I, I saw somebody. Uh, I think it was uh, like one of the beer uh, Instagrammers or something like that made a post the other day that I couldn't agree with more. It's like somebody needs to tell the craft beer people that there's a different style than IPA. Right, it's all IPA. It's all IPA. It's all how much hops can we get into it? And I'm like the furthest thing from a beer snob. Like when it almost offends people when when we would go into places and and you know I was described as the beer guy on the show <laughs> and and they'd be like you know off camera like oh so what do you drink when you're at home and I'm like I don't know whatever's light and cheap and on tap Coors Light Bud Light PBR maybe I don't give a shit. It's They're like, expecting these. I'm, I'm completely not picky. And, and they, but then, you know, the camera turns on and I'm just like, oh, well, I can smell the aromas and taste the flavors. And oh, can I have a course like, please, this is horrible. You're, do- you're, you're Dr. Hops until the camera's oh, on. Oh, man. That's great. I'm so, like, I'm so not a hoppy type of person. I don't know. Like, I, I like good tasting beer. I just, I, I've lost the whole IP. I think, I, I think it's been too much of it. Yeah. Because especially early in the show, we used to do a lot of beer fests. Mm-hmm. And that's all there is there. It's it's how much more hops can we stuff into this IPA for this you know beer fest. And, and it's like you walk around and the way we did those was, you know, because we had a camera. I don't know if you've ever been to any, any of these, you know, beer fests or any of that stuff. But, you know, you get a like two to four ounce pour. Then you go stand in the next line. And the lines take 10 to 15 minutes to get your next two to four ounce pour. Well, with a camera, you're just cutting the line. Oh, okay. And you're doing two to four ounce shots of 14% beer. Nice. You get the Disney pass. <laughs> yeah. Two or, two or three carts in. You're like, okay, I'm feeling this. <laughs> this is all right. I can do beer fest this way. Yeah, right. Let's make sure we just have a camera with us whenever we go to these things. <laughs> That's the move. I'm, I'm going to invest in one for that. Seriously. Make a fake one. <laughs> That's <laughs> 3, funny. 3D print a fake camera. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because in Weymouth on the, the Hanscom Air Base, I think it is over there, yeah. um, they had a food truck. Week, I think it was like July 4th weekend, and, and we were we went to the this huge field, and they had all the food trucks. And we're thinking, all right, there's going to be nobody around here. Everyone went away. Mm-hmm. We, we lasted 20 minutes because every line was 300 people deep. You couldn't, yeah. you, and people were ordering th- at the front of the line like five pizzas because you're not going to get back in the line and do it again. So, yeah. like you just alluded to, yeah. it's, it's an investment. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're waiting hours to get there. The nice, I mean, a lot of those things, uh, like for beer fests, uh, there'll be like specific uh, carts where you can buy a full beer. So most people like buy a full beer and then just 
have that for their line. Oh, here, wait basically. for the line, sure. Uh, sure. Because they can, they, they can take forever. Uh, so, you know, barbecue fests are, are the same thing, uh, where it's like you'll you'll wait, you know, sometimes thirty minutes to have one rib. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get more than one. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, and that's just it. It's like I, I've how much for one rib? <laughs> Did I really just do that. All right. <laughs> Let's get in the next line for the... Next line, the same thing, yeah. I remember we, we went to one... This was long before the show. Uh, the, I think it was actually the Phantom Gourmet's Barbecue Fest when it was at uh, Suffolk Downs. Oh, wow. When that was a thing. And I, I was living in Winthrop at the time. Uh, so, so we you, went so over... you've been to the ranch then? Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. I lived there. <laughs> before I found real food in Winthrop, I lived there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that you call it that. Well, that's how I that's how I knew it. I went out with a girl from Winthrop and, and she lived by the um the, the water tower there yep. up on that and we would yep. you know, you would pass Beachmont to yep. get to there. Yep. There's only one way to Winthrop, really. Yep. You know that. And one, and one and out. You stop at the I called it Beachmont. She's like, What? I go, Beach she's like, No, no, it's the ranch. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I, I don't even want to know why. Just just we'll just I'll, I'll It's never I'll been do explained it. to me. <laughs> when when I lived there, my two roommates grew up in Winthrop. And, 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 you know, for years that, you know, I'd go visit, you know, we were friends before that. So, so when I'd go to visit them, like, oh, let's go to the ranch. And I'm like, and I didn't get it, but I knew what it was. Cause I knew it was Beachmont because when we would go get roast beef, it was like, we'd go to Beachmont yeah. and they just kept calling it that. And I'm like, ah, it's gotta be just a thing. I don't know. <laughs> but then it was like, everyone calls it this yeah. and nobody's bothered to explain it to anyone. I brought it back to Stoneham and, and we, it, it's, it's the ranch. I don't know it's what the it, ranch. I don't know why. I don't want to know why. It's just, just order the three way and shut up. But yeah, so so we were uh, we kind of we went over to Suffolk Downs because that's where they were doing it before uh, the the Andalmans had their drive in and they hold it there now. Uh, in the little town of Menden. In the little town of Menden, yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because the guy I was living with now lives out in Hopedale, so he goes to the drive in all the time. Oh wow! Um, and and we went over to their their barbecue fest, and one of the lines we waited in it was like again twenty five minutes, and it was all to get like a a fork tip of hot sauce it was one of those sign the waiver see if you survive wow and i'm like all right it's a thing <laughs> like you didn't pay for the, obviously the fork tip of hot sauce right uh you paid for it in other ways but not by <laughs> monetary value and, and i'm like well we're definitely doing that last because yes. it, it's i'm looking at everyone else and it's gonna ruin my day <laughs> so you're gonna do it anyways regardless oh, shit yeah man Why not, you gotta right? do it you're there it's it's one of those things that, you know it's a fork tip. How much could it hurt? A lot. <laughs> Just a tip. That's, oh my that's... god! It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a tip. It hurts so much. <laughs> that's great. But that 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 was kind of that that became the thing. Um, and, and I've kind of had that, you know, I'll try anything once type of thing with not just, you know, you know food or, or on TV, uh, but even even stuff like with that movie show. It's like we, we review a lot of crap movies. Sure. Uh, but it's like I'll watch it once. Yeah, you, you know it's it's you got that one chance to make the first impression, and a lot That's of right. them suck. That's right, a lot of them suck. You end up being like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Very much, uh, yeah, very much. It's it's kind of where where we started. Where, um, because we started trying to be you know real movie reviewers, and then we <laughs> D- realized Dale that, Hershey. Is that, his, that was his name, Dana right? Hershey. Dana yeah. Hershey. Yes. Dana Hershey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we we tried doing the real thing for a little bit, and we realized that the us trashing movies was connecting more oh yeah so like some of our some of our more popular episodes are like battlefield earth 
Oh, uh, atrocious. Which we did on our first our first anniversary. Uh, we put it out to the listeners and, and we're like, all right, I basically went and I Googled biggest bombs of all time and made a list of 10. I'm like, you guys, you guys vote, you pick it. Of course, Battlefield Earth one. Well, we're a couple more on there if you don't mind. Uh, if you remember. Adventures of Pluto Nash was one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cutthroat Island was one. Yeah. Norbit. Eddie Murphy had two of them. <laughs> Norbit. Um, oh. And Showgirls was on there. And then we, we eventually got around the Showgirls last year. Uh, because the Jennifer Lopez stripper movie came out. Oh, Hustle, right? Hustlers. Uh, that's what I'm told. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I had my problems with it. I did, a, I did a solo review on Hustlers. It wasn't bad, I, but it definitely had a lot of holes. Yeah. Uh, phrasing. And, <laughs> but we did Showgirls. And again, Showgirls, numbers off the charts. Yeah. You know, stuff. It, it's the weird ones that click. Well, that one hit it well, too. Like, that one became a cult thing. Very culty, yeah. As bad as it was, it was so bad it's good. My thought is most people think it's a bootleg copy on YouTube and they just click play <laughs> and then you see my stupid face up there talking about, you know, showgirls and they're like, oh, this is terrible. That's not Elizabeth Berkeley. That's not Elizabeth Berkeley. I don't, definitely don't want to see him naked, right? so let's move on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's the weird, quirky ones. It, there's no rhyme or reason because it's like... And it almost is times it like hurts my feelings because I'm like, you guys are like I took a lot of time researching the Departed. <laughs> this you know is, this is mean? my art. Like Departed is great. Yes. you guys just want to talk about showgirls, right? Well, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Give the people what they want. So yeah, like uh, this this past week we did. Um, You've been doing horror movies this. Past we week? yeah we did. Uh, it, well, it hasn't actually. We just recorded it yesterday. This week's oh. one. Uh, but we did this this year last year for Halloween we did the the classics we did you know we did five weeks of classics so we did the Texas Chainsaw Nightmare on Elm Street Friday Thirteenth Halloween and one other I don't know what is it Hellraiser what, what no what it... we didn't do that one um, maybe, Saw no it was it was definitely the classics it was the like the eighties guys the seventies and eighties. Ah, shit, I'm out sit here for an hour thinking about yeah, it. Well, it'll pop but it doesn't matter. And this year, uh, we were doing we were doing action movie quarantine for a while. Nice. So we were just doing all action movies during quarantine. Come on. And then we did Arnold August. Oh, I see. We did Arnold August. Uh, and then Christ, I don't even remember what we did in September. <laughs> uh, oh, well, eventually the last few weeks, it was a, it was random. Googling, getting lost in the rabbit hole of the oh, internet. Um, I realized that in a one-month period back in 1980, 40 years ago, three of the most iconic comedies were released. Can I so, name one? Can I name one? Good. And I, I wanted to bring this up to you, anyways, mm-hmm. due to my last name. Mm-hmm. Got to be Caddyshack. Yep. So from June 20th through July 25th of 1980, uh, Blues Brothers. Airplane and Caddyshack were all released in theaters. So we did the we d- took three weeks. The and, Blues and Brothers was in eighty nineteen eighty. Yeah, I, I see. I can't imagine the Blues Brothers and Caddyshack being same same month. Yeah. Same I mean, they were month. filmed in seventy nine, obviously, but uh, oh, okay, but yeah. Oh, so it's a technicality. It was all right. I got, they, I got well, they, they were released. It, released. It was like, basically, right. what we were saying is is if Which you is were fair. if you were going to if you were a movie goer in nineteen eighty. There was a one-month period where it was the funniest month ever. It's <laughs> a good uh, premise. So we did those, and then we were like, oh, well, we kind of bump it into halfway through October. What are we going to do for Halloween? So we're like, oh, let's just do something goofy. You know, Let's do something stupid, yeah. literally. So we did Ernest Scared Stupid. 
uh, which is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Well, how bad do you think? But with the bars down here, it can only go up. Yeah. Well, it's one of those <laughs> things like I, I was, I was, I don't know. I just, I was never into Ernest as a kid. No, it was. A, uh, I knew of Ernest, obviously. Jim's Varney. Jim, yeah, Jim, Jim Varney. Varney. Uh, and and I made the connection when we did the podcast. I was like, it was, and they kind of ran parallel. So there was like Pee Wee Herman and Ernest <laughs> at the same exact time. And they're basically the same character. I was a Pee Wee guy. And that's just it. I was a Pee Wee guy. And, and so I never got into Ernest. And you get older and it's not like you're seeking out Ernest scared stupid. And trying to avoid it. Yeah. And so we'd had that. And somebody recommended one of the people on Twitter recommended, oh, just do that one. I'm like, all right, cool. You hate me. And <laughs> it's, it's how social media is, man. And, and so we did it. And I'm watching. I'm like, this is a lot better than it should oh, be. Oh, that's funny. And they have it, so many more movies than Pee Wee did. Um, He's got a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Volume wise. I'm not saying good. Ones. Yeah. I mean, Again, doing the research for this one, uh, he did th- four Ernest movies in theaters. The rest were like straight to VHS type type deals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we did that, and then we did Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Classic. Uh, again, I wasn't an Abbott and Costello guy; I was a Three Stooges guy. Yeah. Um, but very similar brands of humor. Uh, but it was kind of cool because I had always, you know, I ran video stores a lifetime ago. So did I. And you know, I had four Hollywood videos. See, I, I, why did, I, I just managed my uh, West Coast video. Oh, there you go. Uh, I was fired from West Coast video once. <laughs> once. Once. Well, yeah. <laughs> Only took once. <laughs> Somebody didn't explain. You're not supposed to say certain titles onto a voicemail. Oh, but see? Late, late, you know. I, Understood. I, I came from Hollywood video. We didn't have porn. <laughs> I, did that, I did that live. I did that to a person who was giving me grief. See, it probably would have gone over better if it was like on the phone with a person, but yes. I, I left it on someone's answering machine. Yeah, see, that's, that's And evidence. the wife that's called back, Ooh. being like, what if my kid heard this? And I'm like, uh, you rented it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just doing my job yeah, here. Yeah, hey, I'm I trying to collect. West Coast for that. Oh, did uh, you really? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. But literally, the, the guy, one and done. Wasn't going to give me a second chance on that one. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, uh, whatever. It is what it is. A lifetime ago. But... But yeah, so I, I remember the, the Abbott and Costello box, box art from the video store days, and I didn't realize that it was like the classic, like it was Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney in these movies playing Dracula and Wolfman and stuff like that. Uh, so watching it for the first time when I pushed play, I was like, oh my God, look at that. That's Bella Lugosi. Like, oh. The real deal. Yeah. And well, and the funny thing was, I, again, doing research, realized that it was only the second and last time Bella Lugosi ever played Dracula. Like, what? He. Yeah, like that's what I thought. I'm like, no, no, wait a minute. Bella Lugosi is Dracula, right? Like I've seen Ed Wood a few times. He is Dracula, (laughs) and no, he did it in 1931 in the original Dracula, and then this for Abbott and Abbott and Costello was the second and last time he played Dracula. That's a great trivia question. Yeah, yeah, very, very weird. I would have thought at least five. I mean, when you when you it was was basically his legacy. Yeah, like he would have thought he did like a whole series of movies. But yeah, no, I guess I don't know. Universal only made the one in thirty one, and then did this one in forty eight. Wow, and it it was so far apart too. It wasn't even like it was two. I think I think it was more like he was doing Dracula esque type things. Like he was showing up on like uh, I don't know. Like it's not Elvira's show, but whatever Elvira's show was in the 30s or 40s, like yeah. that sort of thing. Like he he was he was the count, you know that that, that whole deal. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> so we we do uh, yeah 
we do a lot of weird weirder movies on on that now. So oh yeah, that's that's where I was going. Um, this this week we did uh, Pool Boy, Pool Drowning Boy. Out the Fury. Wait, wait, is that the name of the movie? That's the name of the movie. Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury. Is it Pool Boy colon Drowning Out the Fury? Seriously? Yes, it is. So that means there's other Pool Boy movies. No. No. No, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I would not suggest seeking this movie out. It Please. just came to you? You seeked it out, right? Uh, no, no. My co-host found it. No. Uh, again, he was down a YouTube rabbit hole, too. So You've got to be. Saw this trailer. And he's like, oh, this is hilarious, and sent it to me. I thought it was a fake trailer. It looked like one of those like amateur, remember when Grindhouse came out? Yes, everyone, yes. everyone was making the fake trailers Tarantino, and yes. stuff. They were good, yeah. too. And it looked like one of those. I'm like, oh, and I sent him a text, like, oh, uh, fake trailer, very funny. Yeah, right. Thanks. And he's, and he's like, no, no, it's a movie. No. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> we're doing it next week. That's amazing. I have Amazon Prime. Now I have to go it's do this. It's terrible. I know, but now I have to. Terrible. You know I'm going to call this episode Mike Went, colon, pool boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, as long as you're okay with that. My, that's what it's doing. That's Mike what doing. Went, colon, drowning out the <laughs> listeners. There you go. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it, it was so, so bad. Um, but the, I'm, I'm sure once it, I think it's probably going to come out tomorrow. Uh, once it comes out, it's probably going to be our biggest fucking thing, and we'll have to keep doing them. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that. You know what? That's great, though. At least, at least it'll be a demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be in demand. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's nice to be wanted. <laughs> it's it's a, that's nice to have a purpose in twenty twenty. Yes. yes. Now, are you doing anything? Because you, I, I did find that I do have another thing in common with you. Not not, not as as much as you, but the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Big wrestling fan. Yeah, uh, uh, it's. Uh, I have a friend Damon who's, in, that I know of, the best, the biggest wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. But you are. I, I mean, I, it's something that I've been watching it since I was a kid. Yeah, you know, I, I remember, you know, as young as four years old, Saturday, Sunday mornings with my grandfather watching, you know, wrestling challenge. Fifty six. Like yeah. You just did Vince McMahon, didn't you? Huh? You just did a Vince, Vince, Vince Not on purpose, but it does slip fired. in and out. It, it does slip in and out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I've and I've done a few shows. Uh, me and, me and my buddy Billy Finnegan did a show called The Mike and Billy Show, which started out as just a general podcast. It was like a, a pop culture talk about it, much like this, just bullshitting, talking yeah. about whatever. And then we had the opportunity and we interviewed Paul Heyman. Wow. And That's that episode guess. went through the roof. And because of that, we developed a very good relationship for about a year or two with WWE. And we were getting people every month to interview. And we kind of, by default, became a wrestling podcast. Um, the, even though both of us were huge wrestling fans, it was a conscious effort when we started. We're like, we, we, let's not talk about wrestling because we <laughs> because we know ourselves and we didn't want to geek out. Well, we didn't we didn't want it to be a wrestling podcast. Why? But if we st- well, because we had other things to talk about. Oh, I we, see. We were two disgruntled you... radio employees who had shit to talk about. Oh, so <laughs> forget Sergeant Slaughter. Let's you know, talk about these. I creatures. mean, we we were you know we, stuff like uh, Christ. What, what was going on back then? Uh, it was a weird episode, but it was. Uh, you remember when uh, the DJ Avicii played the garden and like I, I don't. 30,000 15 year olds went to the hospital? I, I truly okay. don't. It was a thing for like 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, that happened. So, and then that same day, we had Mick Foley and Seth Rollins on the show. Wow. And it was just, it was a bizarre show, but stuff, stuff like that. So we didn't, we wanted to be able to talk about what was happening. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, and not just wrestling. Um, because there's a, there's plenty of wrestling podcasts. I mean, should I, I have one now, <laughs> you know? Uh, and then 
fast forward to before it was that movie show, uh, my co-host Eddie and, and I did that wrestling show on Nessun. Uh, so it was like a year and a half, two years we did it for him, uh, which was basically I went to the guy who was at, time, at the time running Nessun Digital and, and was like, hey, did you ever put a wrestling show on? He's like, yes, because wrestling draws numbers. Obviously. Again, the Vince McMahon right there. That was good. Again, it's not. It's very <laughs> subconscious. Like, it's I'm, great, I'm glad you're hearing it's it. I I'm love not it. trying. It's, it's phenomenal. I'm not trying. I don't yes. Know. <laughs> yes. You know, I can try. I can get the get the growl That's going. Right. Uh, you know, we went to Nesson. Like, you're gonna put on my wrestling show. Did you ever see Beyond the Mat? Oh, I when, love it. When he's pitching draws, hey, you're gonna puke. He's he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Love it. I still to this to this day. I'm like it, it, that when he's first on that that movie, <laughs> yeah. he's sitting there in his desk in his '90s office. It's yeah. all neon to hell. He's got his bottle of water. He's like <laughs> chewing on something. He's like, we make movies, pal. It's like, oh, you are such an that ass. So <laughs> awesome. And that's one of the best documentaries that I, I've, I've seen. It's a Amazing. great one. It was so good. It, it hit everybody at the right moment. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, going back to it, still to, like that, like they caught not only WWE, it was WWF at the time, when they were on their biggest run with you know Austin and The Rock, Rock and yeah. the late 90s were the, like the greatest time to be alive if you were a wrestling fan. And they also had ECW, which was Paul Heyman's company, yeah. uh, which was at the time just really getting going. Like they were on their first pay per view, and they had that great speech of Paul Heyman back in the locker room before their first pay per view. Just like you watch that, and you're like, I understand why people killed themselves for no money for him. Right. You know, like I understand why they accepted bounce checks from this guy. Like he is like, I will drink that Kool Aid yes. all day long. Yes. And still to this day, like 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 I said, I, we. When when Billy and I had the the show, we interviewed Paul like three times, and, and each time it's like he he dropped little nuggets that were like it was unintentional. It was just him being him. Yeah. But it's like, man, this dude is like inspiring. <laughs> like he just said we do a like like being able to impress Paul with like an intro. Yeah. It was like was so cool. Um, and then you know stuff like when when. WWE did his documentary, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Paul Heyman. We inv- we interviewed him when that came out, wow. and and it was like you. W- I watched the documentary. I'm like, this guy is like. <laughs> if you need inspiration, I don't care if you're a wrestling fan or not. Get a free trial of the network and just go watch that documentary. It doesn't matter if you understand wrestling. Like that dude's story is just like. Like he he's been hustling his way since he was like twelve years old into this business that he wanted to be in, and he's still you know succeeding at a high level today at it. Um, and that's what I said about the documentary. You don't even have to be a wrestling fan, right? You just have to be a, a, it's, a it's, fan of human it's humanity. It's exactly they're tell, they're Jake stories. Roberts. Yeah, um, everything. It, yeah. It's it's everything is there. There's t- there's storytellers uh, at a very physical level is how it is and. And yeah, so we we did the uh, that movie sh- uh, that wrestling show, which then kind of morphed into that movie show when when the Nesson thing stopped. Um, and probably I don't know two three months ago, uh, a buddy of mine who's also a wrestling fan uh, was probably equally as bored as I was during COVID, and was like, "Would you ever do another wrestling podcast?" I'm like, "I got nothing else to do." Goddamn right, I would. Like I'm s- literally, I'm already <laughs> sitting at this computer all friggin' day. 
What do you what, what? like? I don't. Like, my, my 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 thing to him was I was like I don't want to do any work. Like I I I just I, I don't have it in me to care. I just look good on film. That's all I want to, to do. care. And and he's like and he pitched this idea and it was it's kind of what. Can you say it? Oh, the the, the podcast is called Two Guys Watching Wrestling. Uh, oh, you already didn't. Isn't that on your your Facebook? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we're, we're, I thought so. I we're on know. our second uh, se- second series. Now. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, so, and that that was kind of thing because we uh, again, um, much like when when Billy and I did the show, uh, we didn't want to talk about current wrestling um, because again, there's a million podcasts that do that, yeah, and uh, especially at the current point of wrestling, it's really not. Like they're not booking it for me, type of thing. Like I, I'm kind of as a wrestling, as a lifelong wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, my my viewership goes through peaks and valleys. Like I said, late '90s, I was prime demographic. It was the greatest time to be alive. Like mm-hmm. I was 17 to 22 during that Attitude Era run. That's exactly who were they were targeting? <laughs> Sable and all the DX shit. Sable, yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. Like oh, 19 year old Mike. Yeah, all in on Steve Austin flipping the bird and chugging beers. <laughs> all in on it. Forty-year-old Mike, uh, wrestling is in a valley at the moment yeah. for me. So, and and same same with uh, Rich, my co-host on Two Guys Watching Wrestling, and, and so we're like, we don't want to do that because we don't want it to be a negative bitch fest the whole time. Right. Uh, so, what can we do? And he's like, well, he had just watched. He went back through the WWE Network to some like old '80s WCW stuff uh, from like you know Sting and Ric Flair's heyday, and there was this weird like four-month story arc that went nowhere. <laughs> four uh, months. Four, four months to get nowhere. Yeah. I love those. God, wrestling, man. <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling. He's going to puke. This is a sports entertainment. <laughs> uh, and, and it was called The Black Scorpion. And it was terrible. <laughs> and, and he's like, we should do that. We should do... Oh, boy. Black Scorpion. Literally. I mean, it, it's, it's along the same, same quality. <laughs> And, and I'm like, all right, that could I could be down for that. It's it, which is along the same lines of the mystery science theater type of you know oh, type right. of show where it's just we sit there and, and we bash it ad, ad nauseum. Sure. And so we did that one, and we're like, all right, this is good. I like this. Where where because it it's more fun, you know, than really trying to nitpick and break down and critique. Right. You know. Yeah. It's it's wicked bites without the. Uh, uh, yeah, we're not taking ourselves <laughs> serious yeah, at all. You're just having a great at time, all. of course. So, uh, so this current one we're on is the first six months uh, of the WWE's resurgence of ECW. So it's uh, June through December of 2006, and it's bad. <laughs> is it? Yeah. And 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 the. I, I I picked this one, uh, so I kind of shot myself in the foot on this <laughs> You're one. You're thinking the heat on I didn't think far enough ahead, Uh-oh. and and we're basically covering a month per episode, so it's one of those things like once a week, I have to spend an entire day watching a month's worth of this, oh, wow. and by the like nine o'clock when we record the show, I'm just like <sighs> miserable. Can we not? <laughs> do we have to actually do a show now? Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's it's still it, it's fun. Again, people love misery, <laughs> so and misery loves company. So, so there you go. I'm hurting myself for your entertainment. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so that, that's 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 where I'm at with wrestling now. <laughs> well, what was your all time 
if you could pick, well, first of all, let me ask you this: sure. Have you ever watched the series on? Um, oh man, I can't think of the name of the series. I only watch one thing on it. It's the 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 dark side of wrestling. Love it. Yes. Love what, it. what channel is that? Because it's going to Vice. 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 Thank you. The I, dark side of the ring. Yes. Dark side of the ring. Right. That's it, such yeah. a great thing and they just they I mean it's some of the saddest stories ever but they do an amazing they do job. it so well they do an amazing job the, yeah. they, the Bruiser Brody one was yeah. like what what yeah and and, and they, they are renewed for another season so that's going to be phenomenal yeah. yeah I mean they there was I mean they started this year with a two-part bang with the Chris Benoit story was that not the best I, I it's was like and it's amazing because as a wrestling fan, there's very little you don't know about the Chris Benoit story, but they found shit in See? there that was like, oh, wow, my, really? You my, know? my friend Damon won't watch it because he's like, well, I know. Every-. I go, no, I'm telling you, no. I'm going to show you something you don't know. This the, is- the Owen Hart one, I literally was crying during because it's just like watching his, uh, <laughs> watching his family. It's like, oh, my God, this is horrible. It's brutal. Mick, Mick Foley with the – when. Yeah. When, I mean, oh, I might be thinking about Beyond the Man. I'm sorry. Well, was- he did it too. I mean, it, have, yeah, I mean the – it's they do such a great job. It's amazing that it's this goofy form of entertainment, but it's so like when when it's done right, yes, it's like it it grabs you. It's entertainment, like anything else. You know, if it's done right, you know, it can affect you in a number of different ways. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a podcast, a documentary, a radio show, uh, you know, anything, a stupid video on YouTube. You know, if it's done right, you know that it, it can. It, it conveys that emotion out of you. Yeah, they took the one of the worst. I forget what if it was a story arc or a WrestleMania, sure. but that whole real boxing tournament. Brawl for all. Even though yes, and even though you knew what was going to happen, you, first you did learn stuff. But you, I was glued to the set. I'm like, this is amazing because you don't get the back stuff. You, you usually don't. That anyway. was the worst. I remember. But what, wasn't I, that episode great? I know. I know that was the worst. But well, wasn't I, the yeah, episode it was, it was fantastic. Yes, uh, but the the event itself was atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I I remember in '98 watching that week to week, and that was definitely the point where you would you know do something else. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it you know it, if you were in the arena, that was definitely the beer break. You know, <laughs> it's like that was terrible. Uh, and and back then, I mean. It wasn't DVRs. No, you had to record that on VHS if you wanted to watch it later. We had to hit play and record at the same time. Oh yeah, man. Times were tough. I mean, I had luckily <laughs> I, I I've been video savvy almost my entire life. So yeah, I, I had like the I think at that point I only had two VCRs. At a certain point I had three going. Where I was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, because I mean, well, editing and, and filmmaking has been like a, a passion hobby for, of mine since I was a kid. Yeah. So it's like, I was just that, like before I knew what I was doing as a, like before I could verbalize it as a term, like I was the kid that was just figuring out how to wire VCRs together to make what current day YouTube culture would call like super cuts or mashups or something like that. Right. And I was taking, you know, movies and, and cutting them together and, you know, having, you know, oh, the, you know, I edit scenes together where, you know, the reservoir dogs are talking to the guys in Pulp Fiction and it's just, it works and it was primitive as hell, but it was fun for me. Yeah, of course. Um, it's like, it's like in little mixtapes. I would take yeah. it for different parts. hundred percent. hundred percent. It was just a video version of it. Yeah, right. Right. You know, and, and it was something that I, it, again, it was, it, it was when I, when I stopped playing with action figures, that was what I progressed to. You know? See, I haven't stopped yet. I gotta do yeah, it. Exactly. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cut the cord, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time. That's why I'm in the garage. That's what this is. <laughs> this is your safe space. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I keep all my wrestling dolls behind there. Yeah, yeah. God, I, I, 
uh, when my, my, my brother, uh, bought the house we grew up in, in Linfield and, uh, he was, they were cleaning out all the, all the crap that had been collected over 35, 40 years. And he found a box of these old wrestling figures from the eighties that we had. And and I couldn't believe it. I, and now they've, they've traveled with me, I think three locations. (laughs) It's just that one, like it started with two or three bins that was going from apartment to apartment and now it's gotten down to i think one bin that's like you can't let go you just you just you, it travels with you you never open it <laughs> but you it? also can't throw the shit away who's in it right now um who made the cut well i can tell you who's not in it okay. uh, <laughs> fair enough nikolai volkov is not in it oh, because yeah. when i was a kid uh he died in in my world oh uh, like right. i i had i again a creative brain and, and i would make scenarios and nikolai volkov died in a match that i was having and i buried him in the front yard and then that got <laughs> paved over for for a basketball right? hoop I oh that's God. hysterical he's still under there somewhere a big hunk of rubber <laughs> right i used to have a lot of those things yeah um, Oh, they were they were tough, especially having two two young boys. They were weapons, right? You beat the crap out of each other you, with them. You launch them, sure. <laughs> Just whip each other because you yeah. grab them on a leg and they kind of floppy a little bit. He has an Orndorff. Yeah, it was a thick piece of rubber that you beat your brother <laughs> with. <laughs> I, used to have, I remember the commercials. There was um, the the for the thumb the thummies. We had I, thumb I, wrestlers, yeah. And, and the yeah. Iron Sheet came on. He goes, "Okay, kids, back to class." Like that commercial. It's, I, it's all it, you know. Of course, you, you look at it now. It's like I just <laughs> you thumb up a wrestler's ass. That's right. That's what you were doing. You were basically thumbing a wrestler. Yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, I hope it was your thumb, anyways. Well, it's consensual. But if you see, <laughs> you, you pay for it. That's right. You pay for it. One way or another, you, you negotiate the price of Toys R Us. <laughs> Have you seen, like, have you ever walked down the, the, the toy aisle now and you see the wrestlers? Such detail. Like, they're amazing. Like, they've gone from the, you know, the generic couple eyes, a nose, possibly some teeth or whatever, right. to, like, every single, like, the Brock Lesnar figures are just ridiculous. The, the detail, it's amazing. What, what amazed me, uh, and it's also a generational thing because a lot of guys back in the day didn't have them, but now the, that the figures all have very detailed tattoos. I mean, nobody, none of the wrestlers in the '80s really had. Ta- you had, you know, maybe a, the occasional anchor tattoo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think Harley Race had a. Yeah, of Harley Race had one. I think Rick Rude. They, they all, all the Minnesota guys had, the, an- had the anchor. Cut the music. Rick Rude was amazing. Yeah. Um, and and now, I mean, you know, people are covered head to toe. The you got the whole, all the Samoan guys, Roman Reigns, or the Rock, and everybody has all the the Samoan tribal art and shit on them. And it's like, now the figures have to have that. Yeah, right. That's it. it you know, the CM Punk figures all before he quit, uh, all had like all his tattoos. It's, it's, it's very cool, but it's also, it's, it's like that with everything. I mean, you, you think about video games now. I mean, you, you play a video game and it's like watching an animated movie. You know, back in the day, it was like little block figures that, you know, oh, that's Hulk Hogan. How do you know? Because it had the blonde hair and yellow tights. <laughs> that's and it. he's orange. That's a- <laughs> it's like a hot dog with a bathing suit on. You know, now, now it's like it, it's literally him. It's, right. you know, it's CGI'd off their face, basically. The Spider-Man ones are, are ridiculous. Yeah. They all are, actually. When, and I got back in because it, it was given away for free back in May. So I got back into Grand Theft Auto. Oh. And... It was something when I had an Xbox 360 years ago, and it was like probably around when it first came out, which was seven years ago. My God. Is that right? Yeah. And <laughs> I played it, you know, ad nauseum. Yeah. It was one of those things. Like, I, when I get into something, I get all in, and uh, like, I'll 
easily spend 18 hours in front of a game. You know? wow. like, that's not unheard of for me, but that's also my weird OCD brain. And then I, then I stopped for a while. You know, it, I, it, I mean, got tired of it, moved on. And of course, thankfully, pandemic. Thankfully, the pandemic thankfully. happened. Woo, something good came out of thankfully, this. Thankfully, we were all indoors <laughs> doing nothing, just looking for another excuse to kill time. And uh, this website was giving uh, the PC version away for free. So I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, I'll play this. Uh, you know, time killer. And I had a few friends to play online games. So I told them, I'm like, get it. We'll all, we'll all mess shit up in, in the game for a while. And it did. For a while, it was a very good time killer. But what, what happened in August was I, I finally, like, again, I, I get very OCD about things. If I'm into it, like, I dig deep and figure out, like, all this. Like, I want to, I consume myself with it. doesn't matter if it's a, a band or an actor, you know, whatever it is, I want to find everything out and go all in. And I've been playing this game now for a couple months, and I had seen all these YouTube videos on it, and I'm like, I know that they're doing it with the game, but it doesn't look like the game. You know, it was much more like cinematic and very well edited and stuff like that. And that sparked the filmmaker brain in me to be like, all right, how are they doing this? Because I've been playing this game for months and I don't see any of this ability. And I dug into it and I found out within the game is this uh, primitive, but very also interesting editing software. And once I figured that out, I basically for the last few months have been like creating short movies based right? in this game. Uh, you know, me, me and my buddies have made characters and, and we're creating scenarios and, and it got to a point that it was like, it was one of those things like, you know, over the, the course of the last few years, like I mentioned, I, you know, uh, I had this you know passion for filmmaking since a child that I kind of, I lost when it became a job a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this kind of re-sparked it, for lack of a better term, uh, where I'm like, oh my, I'm actually being creative for the first time since forever. You know what I mean? Since at least from COVID, it feels like forever. <laughs> uh, and and it, it's kind of neat. And and I started putting them together and making these little short films, you know, three, four minute consumable things. And just started dropping them on like YouTube and stuff. And they're kind of like doing well. Yeah. Good for like you. I, I got this weird notification like it tells you how many views your channel got. And it's like, I'm like 70,000 views away from a million. Wow. And I'm like, and that's not me bragging. That's me no, like, I, holy I, shit, right, a right. million people have clicked play on my videos? That's and it's like, it's not just the, these these Grand Theft Auto ones. It's also, you know, that movie show and, uh, you know, I mean, stuff I've been doing for years. You know, Wicked Bites stuff is on there and, and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really cool to, you know, especially when, you're a creative person in, in these times to be able to use your brain. Cause, cause you know, for, like I said, for months of doing nothing, you go numb. Yeah. Completely. Like, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know how, how everybody's living, but I know myself personally, it's like, I barely leave the Cape, you know, I'm living on the Cape now. So it's like, there's not a lot going on. The colder it gets, there's less to do. And so it's like, I'm just, spending time in the house, you know, and finding things to do. Like in June, uh, I shot a commercial. Uh, I got back into acting, which was kind of cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks to COVID. Well, I don't have a job. Thanks to COVID. (laughs) COVID's the best. You know, well, you know, (laughs) I had a job and now I'm unemployed. Uh, but it's like, 
I, I needed shit to do. And a buddy of mine who's, who's a filmmaker uh, and a fantastic uh, commercial director uh, called me up. And I've worked with him in the past, but not as an actor. I've worked What's on, his name? Give him a shot. Steven Schloss. Steven Schloss, uh, Schloss Films. And uh, I've worked, uh, you know, like on the crew. Like I've been his assistant director and stuff like that on certain commercial projects. And he calls me up. He's like, I'm doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, I needed a, I need a way to make an extra buck or two and get out of the house. So I was in. And he's like, and I have a perfect role for you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I can, I can do acting. He goes, but. And I'm like, I, he said, but. I didn't hear but. I'm like, well. You heard, you heard nudity. I, well, I, I just heard work. <laughs> I heard getting out of the house. Again, yeah. putting pants on is nice. You know? I, that's what they tell me. Uh, yeah. You know, getting out of the house, being a human being is nice. <laughs> and uh, the, the but was, he goes, uh, are you comfortable doing full prosthetic makeup? Now I've died in independent films, so I've had a bullet hole in my you head. You die at the palace. You die at the palace. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I've died a couple times. I've, I've, you know, had very basic prosthetic. You know, a little little bullet hole on the forehead or or a throat slash on my neck. And so we're not like. talking Dirk Diggler. We're talking no, 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 no. Above the waist. Uh, <laughs> I've died above the waist. And um, it's better than below the waist. No, no. They're, they're, <laughs> the checks haven't been that good. And. Uh, uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'm good with whatever, man. Like, uh, I'm not a complainer, uh, and I'm not, like, weird about stuff, so I'll do it. And we did, and it was legit, like, Hollywood. Like, the people that made my – they and it was my prosthetic. It wasn't like they bought a Halloween mask that was really expensive. Yeah. They literally created this off of my measurements and my face, and it was the same people that have done um, – the mystique makeup for X-Men movies. Wow. And so the woman came out from California uh, and it was like three and a half hours of putting makeup on. And, and then like after, you know, eight to 12 hour shooting, it was like an hour and a half to get it off just to put a ballpark of what my days were like. Sure. But, but it was so cool. Like I had never done this before. And, and now it's one of those things that like I can add the, the fact that I can put full prosthetics on the commercials on. I've shared it on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was a Sasquatch and, and it was awesome. It was it was three days. Of, Everyone of, loves Bigfoot. Sure. Yeah, it was it was three days of, of playing make believe with, with makeup. Um, everybody asks what 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 is prost- what does it feel like? Uh, the best way to describe being in full facial prosthetic makeup is if someone covered your face in scotch tape. <laughs> That's how you describe it. That's how I describe and it. And then ripped it off, or no, no, just- no. There was never a ripping off because they, they used like uh, you know saline stuff to take the glue and the adhesive off you. Uh-huh. But but while it's on you, your face is pulled so tight with all the glue. That it just it feels like there's scotch tape all over your face. So you could play Joan Rivers, no problem. Oh, completely. See, that's yeah. Nice. I, I, my face was stapled to the back of my head, <laughs> uh, um, but it was cool, and and it, and it was uh, something to do. And then uh, August into September, uh, I, I I was cast in a movie, uh, and I hate to be that guy to say it, but unfortunately, I can't talk about it because I signed like a very lengthy NDA. Sure. Uh, so until the I, when the movie comes out, I'd love to talk about it. When does it come out? I have no idea. Oh, uh, okay. I'm guessing next fall. It, it was kind of a horror movie, um, but it was it was cool because it was one of those things where like um, like it is a legit movie, like real people that if I named the actors, you would know who they are, type of thing. And I just don't know how much I can or cannot no, say, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, That's fine. 
but it was like they reached out to me. Like they they were like, oh, we we have this part again. Get that wrestling show guy. Well, that's like I don't know, I don't know how they fucking found me. Like well, they like, did. Like I'm just like another train. This is I great. Went, yeah, look at that. They'd, half off shots. There you go, Jay Brown. Uh, but it was like normally like it would be a situation where you would put in for the role, but I didn't. I just got an email being like from this casting agent being like, would you be available to audition tomorrow? And I'm like, sure, I'm doing nothing. What do, what do I do? Turn on Zoom? Okay, cool. I guess I'll... <laughs> oh, again, yeah. do I do I have to wear pants? Yeah, right, right. That's, like, the, that's <laughs> the biggest challenge of COVID is do I have, put, right. do I have to put pants on or can I, can I wear my pajamas? Um, but it was awesome. And, and I got the part and it, it was like one of the coolest... like. I've done background work on like 20 some odd movies. Like any, anything that came through Boston. The way I put it is uh, I've, I've worked on every movie that's come through Boston except for the cool ones. Like I, <laughs> That Dep- wasn't you in The Departed? Nope. Departed, oh, Black see, Mass, uh, Good Will Hunting, all the cool ones I miss <laughs> out on. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, I'm in it. What, what about, um, uh, was it? <laughs> Pink Panther, I'm in it. Is that true? Underdog, I'm in it. Are you really? Well, I mean, I was cut out of them, but but oh, I was okay, but the right. fucking checks clears, man. Right, you know? That's all that matters. The checks cleared. Uh, Ghost Girlfriend's passed them actually, and that was the one I, I had the most screen time and had my McConaughey moment. I was gonna say, is that, I thought that was McConaughey. It was. It was. What was uh, the moment? You can talk about that now. Right? Yes, that I can. What was the uh, moment? That was years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so I did three days on Ghost to Girlfriend's Past. Uh, it was a, an extra role, background background actor, and. Um, it was one of those things where it was filmed uh, in the basement club of Saint, which I believe is Storyville now. I don't know what it it might have changed over. Anyway, they they picked it because it it resembled what they were looking for, which was an '80s single swingers bar. It was like the walls were all red, crushed velvet, and stuff like that, and very very say no more, very sexy. <laughs> and so. We're sitting there, and and it's like when when you're an extra, you basically you're you're corralled, you're penned off. It's like cattle, and it's one of those things where real actors over here, you guys over here. Yeah, but I'm mean, basically I'm you know, ba- real actors can go wherever the hell they want. You stand in that three foot box, don't move, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, you're, you're waited till you're picked. And it's like, oh, you look right. Come over here. And we're going like to... Your it's moving furniture. Right. You're, you're literally living furniture when you're, when you're a background. Uh, you know, and, and, that, and people can make a hell of a career off of it. God bless them. You know, there are people that make a living off of background work. Um, but it is your living furniture. And so I was picked in this. And again, you just... I'm seated in, next to uh, this actress that they picked who... Funnily enough, over the course of three days, we learned we we worked two floors apart. She worked at WBCN while I was at ZLX. So she was in the first floor. I was in the third floor. Um, so we're, we're bullshitting and talking. And then the the, scene, the first day we were doing the scene, uh, Michael Douglas was at the bar giving one of his, you know... Telling this kid how to pick up chicks type of monologue. It's the eighties, and he's a he's a ladies man type of deal. And Hi, Cheryl, we just <laughs> Duke, 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 Duke's been on the show before. Oh, cute dog. Hi, Duke. Hi, Duke. Yeah, usually the lights are on. That's what Duke's freaking out about. <laughs> <Okay>. Probably. <laughs> He just hears the voices. <laughs> of course, I wore all black. Right, right. I, I, I couldn't be darker either. Hi, Duke. Speaking of ghosts. Hi, 
So uh, bye, Cheryl. So <laughs> they do a couple takes, and apparently they they realized that while Michael Douglas is doing his you know two minute speech, I was clearly right over his shoulder. So the, it was the first time like out of doing extra work that an actual director came up to me. Normally you're dealing with production assistants or, you know, whoever assistant directors and stuff like that. Cause the director is actually dealing with what's on the camera. And again, he's not talking to the furniture. <laughs> so the director comes over and, and so he's got me and the girl and, and he's like, look, you know, I just, you guys are right on camera. So if you're comfortable, we'd like it if you two were kind of just all over each other. It's like a, it's a singles, it's a, it's a <laughs> oh, swingers singles right. club. And it was one of those moments <laughs> where you, you kind of have to glare at the person and be like, are you okay with this? Are you good? Are you and good? it's like, and as, as a, as someone who's done extra work before, you know, in the back of your head, if you say no, they're going to pick someone that's going to do it. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's either, Someone's it's either you're in the trip. movie or you're going home for the day. <laughs> right. So we go, yeah, sure. Whatever. So, Again, it, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I spent three days making out with a girl on a couch. It's <laughs> hard business. Oh, oh, and they paid you. Now that's yeah, how you do right. It. So we did. We're doing that, and uh, that was the first day. We go through, and then the next day was the the second and third day were more fun for me just because of the interaction. Whoa, whoa, more but, fun than that? Yeah, just well just cuz I mean that that's all well and good. <laughs> no, I'm but, you know, it, it's it's there's, there's an art to it. There's a technical art to it. You, you can't block the camera. <laughs> no you tongue. Get, you got to position a certain way and you know, you have to stand up and leave so you got to position her leg in a certain spot, you know, yeah, whatever. Um but there was there was one of the actresses, one of the the, the lead actresses in the scene at the time, I'm like, I knew her face. Can you say the name or not? I, I will in a second. Oh, yeah, you're getting to it. I'm sorry. So I knew her face. I just didn't know who the hell she was. And I didn't know where I knew her from. So that first day, I go home and I, and I Google the movie and see who's in it and try to piece it together. I'm like, oh. So there was a... She was a daughter in an episode that aired two weeks prior of Lucky Louie. Lucky <laughs> Louie... I love that show. ...was Louis C.K.'s yes. one season on HBO. Yes. And very funny throwback to old sitcom-y type of way he was Jim Norton was it. in that, Jim too. Norton was in it. Uh, <clears throat> very funny show. So she played the daughter of his friend in one episode. And I'm like, oh, and okay. you remembered her. Well, I remember... Well, it, it just aired two weeks earlier. That's phenomenal. She was memorable because yeah. she just... She came in and, and you know, I, I listened to the, the rewatchables. I don't know if you do. It's a movie podcast with Bill Simmons. And, and they have this, I like Bill this Simmons. category. Sports Bill Simmons, that guy? Sports Bill Simmons, yeah. He does oh, a movie man. podcast called The Rewatchables. Wow. And he, he has a category called the Heat Check Moment, which is like the guy that, <laughs> the guy that comes off the bench and drains like 15 three pointers and he's gone in two minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, she was like the ultimate heat check. She That's came into great. the scene. Dropped the C word like 15 times in, in movies, yeah. like seven minutes and, and was done. I'm like, like it was memorable. No wonder you didn't read. You right. Didn't forget. So, so, so day two, uh, we're doing the thing. Same, same routine, all that stuff. <laughs> and, but, but Michael Douglas wasn't there because they were filming the other side of it. And we would stop. And after a while, you just get comfortable. So you start wandering and, the, they were watching playback, and I'm sitting there watching it with them. I just kind of wandered over to the to the monitors. I wasn't supposed to be there. You know, eh. You're you're again. I'm a chair. The, <laughs> the chair isn't. It doesn't matter to watch playback. But fuck it. I'm I'm walking over there. Yeah, so I'm standing next to her, and she's in full makeup from the movie, and 
and she kind of chuckles and she looks over and kind of like gave me a nudge like oh look at that like talking about me making out with the girl yeah 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 and and I'm like oh yeah yeah so we're walking back to to the set to do the next take and as we're walking I got comfortable enough I go oh by the way I, I loved your Lucky Louie episode and she turns and she goes oh my god thank you so much I was so like that was so much fun I can't believe it just aired and we're doing this and blah blah blah, blah. Emma Stone what. It was before she was the Emma Stone, but it, it was Emma Stone. Wow. So it was like that was that was day two. Holy, that was day two. Day two. Jesus. Day three, we go down to the basement of this club, and it's a cloud of smoke. I go, oh, it's McConaughey's day. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Right. Here we go. I'm just still flabbergasted that Emma Stone was in yeah. Lucky Louie. Yeah, she was. She had that like one or two episodes, and she was the daughter in that. She was a teenage daughter that came in dropping C bombs. Damn. Yeah, very, very, very funny. And and I couldn't like again in the moment she was just this yeah, this right. other actress. Like I, I didn't even know her name. I just knew that that she was the Lucky Louie actor. And that's how you referenced her. Hey, you were great. You were Lucky Louie. Like, right. Like I didn't. You know, I I probably at the time didn't even remember her first name. Yeah. You know, she was just. The girl in Lucky Louie. That's all you are sometimes. Uh, but now she turned into one of one of our greatest actresses, Emma Stone. And so the third day, uh, you know, it was our last day shooting there, and go through the whole day, the same same deal. And, and McConaughey's doing his stuff, and and Emma Stone is is part of his scene as well, so she's there doing her thing. And we wrap for the day, and we're leaving. And I'm walking down the street. I'm heading towards Boylston Street to catch my train, and. The, the the trailers all all the the movie trailers for the actors are lining this I forget what street Saint was on uh, but lining this street heading towards Boylston and I'm walking and I'm I'm messing around on my phone I'm probably texting my cousin or, or whoever talking about the day or something sure. like that and door opens up and you know man walks out and starts keeping pace with me walking towards Boylston and I just again I pick my head up from my phone. Love the fact that I'm sitting there just keeping pace with McConaughey and not paying attention because I'm on my friggin' phone. And I look up and it's him. Hey, Matt, I'm on the phone. Leave me alone. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I look up and it's him. And again, we had, there's, you know, when, when, you're, when you're doing extra work, there's that unwritten rule. You, you don't talk to the actors, yeah. you know, you don't talk to them unless they talk to you first type of thing. But pff, we were done. It's over. What they can't fire do? me. I'm already done for the day. You've already met with the girl on camera. You're right. Yeah. So. We're walking, and I look over, and it's him, and he kind of looks over at me, and I just go, oh, hey, man, uh, good working with you this week. Yeah, like he fucking remembers me, okay? <laughs> I'm the guy on the couch making out. He's, he's Matthew McConaughey, okay? But he's gracious about it. He goes, oh, yeah, man, it was, it was a good time, and he looks me up and down, and I just happened to be in my cowboy boot phase at the time, so I was wearing cowboy boots, and he, and he looks down. He goes, oh, man, those boots, they wardrobes? <laughs> And I go, no, they're mine. He goes, oh, all right, man, those are nice. And then all, and as he's saying that, you just hear a shrills from behind us, and oh. we both look back, and there's all the female extras yep. basically stampeding towards him. <laughs> and and I look at him, I go, well, you have a good rest of your day. He goes, all right, man, you do the same, and I just took off and took off, and I'm like, and it's one of those things that like, uh. I I love moments like that not because it's a, you know very cool fun story and I get to do my McConaughey accent badly, <laughs> um, but if, if like it would have been it would have been so like like I could have just been like oh oh shit you're Matt McConaughey let's grab a selfie like right, all the all right. the girls did yeah all the girls ran up and, and took a big group photo with him and that got posted to Facebook and all that stuff I actually like I appreciate having that 
quick little brief chat that I can tell that story instead of being like, let's take a photo awkwardly and you don't want to be here and I don't want to be here, but let's, <laughs> let's have this memory that you're never going to see again and I'm going to get likes on. You know? <laughs> it's, it's like, like uh, went to, I went to the, the opening of the first Wahlburgers years ago and, and got a picture with Mark Wahlberg. Didn't say two words to the man. But I got a picture with him and it's got a million likes or whatever the fuck it has, you know, on, on social media. Uh, but I love my McConaughey story a hell of a lot more than, than, than the few brief interactions I've had with Mark Wahlberg. Sure. You know, not, nothing, nothing against him, but Talking about I just don't know the man. Right. I, I can't speak to the man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't shared two words with him besides, hey, can I get a photo? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. There's nothing personal about that. But I can say Matthew McConaughey liked my choice in cowboy boots. <laughs> and he actually initiated that. Yeah, he exactly. Like He didn't need to. He could have just told me, you know, yeah, good, okay. Yeah, right. Moving on, weirdo. <laughs> I got girls to hang you're, you're, the, you're the guy on the couch. I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but fine. So that's the long way of, of me, me saying that when I did this movie the, uh, like a month or so ago, I was actually an actor on it, not not a background actor. Like an, a, I was. You weren't the couch. I no, I wasn't. I wasn't the couch. <laughs> I was. I was basically in the Emma Stone role, oh, from, wow. from from that last story. Okay. So, it's amazing when you know, and again, I, I've I've been I've been into filmmaking and acting my entire life. You know, as a child doing plays in school and shit like that, and so to get to that point where you're actually on a movie set being treated like a, a real actor, you know, like walking around and everyone knows your name without being introduced to you. You realize it's because I was one of two actual actors on set and they passed your photo around to tell everybody <laughs> to know this guy's name. Guy. Uh, okay, fine. I don't care if you cheat. It's just still it cool. Doesn't you know matter. what I mean? Doesn't you know, have, having stuff like having, having your own trailer for a day is neat. Sure it is. It's neat. It's one of those things that, it, like it's yeah it's cool that the check cleared and it's cool that i got paid to do it <laughs> but like i appreciate those that those types of moments so much uh, especially being such a a a love lover of film like a like a, such a film geek being on set and walking around being able to go to the prop table and and pick out my prop and you know mess around with that or or walking back to my trailer and seeing the storyboard set up and just kind of poking around and looking at that and talking to the director and giving my input on what I think this scene should be like because he asked me to do it it's like that's awesome that shit's awesome like I like I would pay to do that not right now because I'm unemployed but <laughs> you know in a normal situation not today but you know. not today but but yeah I mean so that it's and it's stuff like that like again when when going through what we're all going through with COVID and stuff. It's like as, as a creative person, like I said earlier, it's just, it's nice to be able to use your brain once in a while. Cause we don't do it enough these days. I still At least don't. I don't. I still don't. Yeah. At least I don't. <laughs> like I said, and, and you know, I, I had to, I had to find some weird hidden editing thing within a video game just to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Cause even the video game was mind numbing at a certain point. But isn't it funny how that led to, to, well, I mean, it's, it's crazy when you really go back to the origins of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's, that's where you get into the rabbit holes. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and my ADD doesn't help. <laughs> no, no, it probably doesn't. Right. No. And, and I, I'm pretty sure every social media or video site on on online knows all about my ADD because that <laughs> algorithm has me locked in. You might like this. You're damn right I would. Right? Let's play that for a while. Okay, you, you might like this. Absolutely. Oh, it's 6 a.m. and I haven't gone to sleep yet? 
guess I'm washing this day. Uh, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to love it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I also appreciate that I commented on one of your posts about The Mandalorian. Oh, yes. How great was that season oh, two I, opener? Uh, yeah. Uh, I loved the, loved the first season. Um, and that's the, the funny story about that was, so, of course, during October, uh, you know, I'm, I only allow myself to watch horror movies because, uh, again, I'm weird and I have OCDs. And strict. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I have my rules. <laughs> it's good to have a code. <laughs> Man, this world gotta have a code. That's right. Uh, Omar from the Wire. Um, (laughs) So, so finally, you know, I wrapped up horror month and uh, had November second all lined up. Nothing Mm. to do all day. Great season two, Mandalorian. Knew it came out. Sit down, watch the first episode. Awesome. All excited. Game on. Episode two isn't there. Did you think it would be? I, I spaced. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. Like I said, I planned out an enti- I freed up an entire day. Oh, for the whole for the Mandalorian. Ep- I was going to binge the whole season, oh, man. and then I get to the end of the first episode, and that play next yeah, episode didn't come up, and I'm like, what, wonder what happened. So I go back and I go to Disney Plus, and I click back on the Mandalorian, and it's like, it's a week to week show. Did you watch the first season? Oh yeah, yeah. Did but I binged it. You binged. All right, I get it. I binged it. I get it. Yeah, it's and, and I also I completely just spaced. I, I you know again I don't use my brain enough anymore, so it's not. <laughs> it's slow. <laughs> it's 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 at a crawl. It's gonna run till Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Because on top of it, I knew my brother wasn't gonna watch it week to week, and and I, I wanted to talk to him about it, hmm. and. Because he he again he has his own set of rules, and he'll he'll he's like I'm gonna wait and binge it, and I'm like ah yeah probably better off. But that first episode was amazing. I I could never binge it. I I need to watch it. And and that's that's the tough part. There's there's some shows that lend itself to to week to week, like where where they leave you on such a good cliffhanger that you're just that anticipation all week. And then there's others where it's like if. If I don't binge through it, I'm probably not going to go back to it. Like, like I just, be- again, because of COVID, uh, <laughs> I just watched the last two seasons of The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Because uh, I lost complete interest uh, two seasons ago and had nothing else to watch. So I'm like, ah, what the hell? I'll revisit it. I- I'll catch up, I guess. And sure enough, watching it through binging, I'm like, if I was watching this week to week, I would. you could pick. There's like more episodes that I would have bailed on <laughs> than not. Um, Westworld was a good good example where it's a great show, especially the first season. I love the first season of yeah, HBO's Westworld. And, but it's so, there's so many storylines and flashbacks and flash forwards and, and different characters and stuff that if I was watching it week to week, I know I would have been confused. So I remember when the, the first season came out, uh, basically took a Sunday and watched eight to 10 hours of Westworld. And it was like, this is great. And then the next week, I'm like, what the hell happened? Yep. <laughs> yep. I always say the first five minutes of the previously, yep. that's when I, I, I am glued to the because I'm yep. like, I missed that, I missed that, I missed that. Yeah. And, and, and more and more nowadays, because, you know, half the time we miss half the episode on our phones. Right. <laughs> inadvertently. True, true. I'm, I'm the worst at that. It's like, I'll just be sitting there and messing around with my phone and Facebook and texting friends and all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, I missed the whole episode. Okay, start uh, over. <laughs> reason, reason, yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, there was R two D two, or you doing the remote control? That was a remote, yeah. Either way, it was good. Either way, R two D two doing the remote control. See, I find with the Mandalorian, if I didn't watch that episode, I would have 
there's been so much talk about it. Well, that's that's the other part. Is, and, is, and I have to know. I go to the movies for the big yeah. uh, Marvel stuff and, and yeah. DC stuff the day it premieres because I don't want to learn anything. Yeah, uh, avoiding spoilers. You can't. Is, it's tough. Is such a struggle. Um, and and luck. My, my brother has has the lucky factor that he's really not on social media. Wow. Uh, so so he can avoid it for the most part. Uh, like he has to go looking for it to to find spoilers, basically. But like I'm on all the time, right? And it's like, and some some of my friends are just dicks, and they're just going to post it regardless, <laughs> right? Right? You know. So yeah, it's one of those things. Plus, I I do a movie podcast, so I got to talk about it. You know, I, I you know, it was like when uh, when Infinity War first came out. Oh yeah. We uh, we went and saw it, and, and we didn't have it scheduled to be the the movie that week. And we're sitting there recording something else, and I'm like, we have to talk about Infinity War. <laughs> it's like we can't be the last we guys have to talk to about talk this. about it. Right. It's the biggest movie at the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the the that first episode of The Mandalorian, it's like. I even told my brothers, it's like one of the cool things about what they do with this show is each episode can be its standalone thing. Like it had a beginning, middle and end to that episode. It's And while it does carry into the rest of the season, it's not in the sense that it's a massive cliffhanger yes. that, that if you watch it, it's like, oh, my God, I have to watch next week now. And then, you know. Well, no, look at like, look at the last episode of season one. That that easily could have just yeah. that was not a major cliffhanger. It's no. just it's picking up right where it left right. off. And and that's that's also part Which I'm of, okay with part of what they're doing and and the the for lack of a better term Western style that they're making yeah. this show yes. is it lends itself to this you know this traveling gunfighter and he's going from town to town. And getting in adventures, but these adventures are very self-contained. You know, while while we might see characters from this first episode pop up in in later, I'm I'm trying to tiptoe around, not spoiling things. I got to tell you this: th- this isn't going to premiere till January. Oh shit! I've already got things, so we can talk about it. Okay, we, so yeah, Timothy Oliphant is probably going to show up later in the season, <laughs> right? You know right. what I mean? Yes. And and, and yes. so okay, so now now to now you can I know talk that. about the guy at the end of the episode too. Yeah, by all means. So it's like when uh, when he got to Tatooine and was in that bar, and then Oliphant comes in, and I'm I, I literally I yelled at the TV. I go, Are they really doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And he grabs the the, the drink and sits at the table and. Re- just recreated the Lancer scene between, and instead of Leonardo DiCaprio, you had Mandalorian. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. he's doing Lancer in Star Wars. I'm all about this. Did you know who the bartender was? No. He was the bartender in Deadwood with uh, o- with Oliphant. That's even better. I didn't right? know that. Yes. I didn't know that. I, yes. I picked up the one, the, the, the one voice I picked up immediately because easily I know you can uh, say John Leguizamo. Yep, you couldn't just you couldn't. Uh, miss I'm it. Like, they show up to this this fight and I'm like, oh, it's Benny Blanco from <laughs> right. the Bronx. Benny Blanco, Carlitos I love that. Way. Yes, yes. They go out, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. It's like, <laughs> you ain't gonna fool me, Carlito. Okay, yeah, that pres- he might as well just not have any makeup on or anything no. because it was that was John Leguizamo. It was Benny Blanco. You're Benny right. Blanco, yeah. But but it, it's cool that they, they get guys like that for like the one off roles. And they want to do it. Their kids love do. this stuff. Who doesn't want to be it? Of course, do. I mean, not not only is it you know Star Wars, and who doesn't want to be in a Star Wars movie that's of of our age that grew up on that stuff? Um, but it's also like they're doing great things over there. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what Favreau and and Filoni are doing with this Mandalorian, like, I'm. We talked about on on that movie show. It's like I'm all in with like Disney just giving them the keys. Take them. Like, 
So is Lucas, by the way. Of course. Well, of course. I mean, he's been on set many times. He's been consulting on this show. And I love that because, you know. We're three chains in. Three trains in. This is pretty good. We are. It's a, it's a three trainer. I like it. <laughs> Quick question, though. Before we get into that, I want to know. At the end of the season, um, you have Disney Plus, obviously. If you go into the extras for season one, mm-hmm. have you watched all the gallery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good. good I love good. that shit. That's amazing. Those, those, those round tables. I love those. Uh, especially, you know, they, they, they filtered people in and out. And yes. I'm a massive Taika Waititi fan. Yes. So having him, like, a huge part of this. He was he's, the voice of the droid. In he's the voice one. of the droid. And, and he directed a bunch of the episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I recently, I just watched, uh, I have uh, Adobe, uh, for my editing softwares and stuff like that. And part of it is they do like little webinars and stuff for, if you subscribe to Adobe, you get a little access to this, this stuff. And he did like a couple weeks ago, what was called like an inspirational webinar. And I love it. Like he started out and I'm definitely stealing this line. <laughs> that is a loud train. Right. Man. Seriously. Some a lot of others. That must uh, be the southbound one. And, and I'm totally stealing it as like an introductory line uh, where it's uh, hi, hi, I'm Mike. It's like an alcoholic AA meeting. Hi, Mike. Hi, I'm Mike Went, and I'm a creative person. <laughs> and that's how he started. He goes, I am Taika Waititi. I'm a creative person. He's like, wow, Ooh, it's like okay. an AA meeting. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm definitely stealing that. I'm ripping that one right off. Uh, but I'll give him credit. But yeah, love, love him. I think uh, his style is fantastic. They're going to give him Star Wars movies to make, oh, which is great. He basically he reinvigorated the Thor franchise, which was dead after Dark World. He, now he was Korg, right? He was Korg, but he directed it too. And he, wrote, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, exactly. yeah and he was Korg, yeah. which, which is again, a he's like Hitchcock. He puts amazing, in- stupid character. <laughs> I love Korg. Ah, uh, sitting there playing <laughs> video games. It's fucking Korg, man. So great. It's like now we're good, mate. I- <laughs> <laughs> Endgame that, was that, probably my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. It really was. And, and it, the, like, I love, and again, most of it's because of Taika Watiti. I love what they've done with Thor. Like, I was hit or miss with the first Thor. Didn't like Second it. one, I was all out. Yep. And and then it's like all of a sudden he took over and Thor became fun. Ragnarok. And it became a different character. And then in Infinity War, my favorite parts of Infinity War are what I've dubbed uh Thor and his uh <laughs> Thor and his space adventures with his friends Tree and Rabbit. <laughs> Tree and Rabbit. Give Tree me give me rabbit. a a 10-part Netflix <laughs> series of those three getting an intergalactic adventures, and I'm a happy boy. I'll watch every one of them. Fast forward to Endgame. And we got Thor Lebowski. <laughs> All in. I have a t-shirt of Fat Thor. Everyone oh. loves it when I wear it. They, I can't. People won't leave me alone about it. It's and, amazing. I mean, I'm weird with movies. Like, like I, I, I pick out weird shit to, to find either funny or interesting and stuff. And the line in Endgame where uh, Thor is about to explain what the, 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 uh, the red stone that went into... Natalie Portman. He's like, well, first of all, it's not a stone. It's kind of a goo. Uh, he he gets up and and he's going to start explaining it, and and Downey is is like like, well, why don't you why don't you take a seat, man? You want you want some you want some water, some eggs? Like, no, no, no. I'll have a bloody mary. And I was like, I don't know why, but when he says I'll have a bloody mary, I laugh my ass off. I'm like, that's one of the stupidest things ever. But it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's like he's just hammered the whole time. <laughs> But, but Ragnarok is where they said, you know what? Let's 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 let Hemsworth do what he does. Yeah. He, he's he's a funny guy. Yeah. I don't care how good looking it doesn't. It, he's funny as hell, and yeah. he's, he's the perfect Thor, I believe. Yeah, and I like I do like Thor better with the short hair. 
Well, it's also, yeah, I mean, I, I take or leave it. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I know the character in the comics has long hair all the time, but I, I just, not all the time, but. What you could see, because even like after Dark World and, and then they did the, the Avengers movie, uh, Hemsworth was very public about being done after his contract ran out. And it was Ragnarok that made him resign. And it, it was, you could see he's having fun doing this. Oh, totally. Which, which is important because, the, you know, making making a movie like this and, and I talked to Chris Evans on, on wicked bites years ago, right around uh, age of Ultron came out. Uh, it's a grind like that. Yeah. Where you have fun making movies. Sure. But it's also long. Well, you sat in a chair for how many hours for just, a, just for a commercial that's going to air so. in Rhode Island. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was in a chair for three and a half hours in and an hour and a half out. And that wasn't even filming time. That's just putting makeup on and taking it off. Right. You know, um, so yeah, and, and you know, they're, they're long days and long days turn into long weeks and long weeks. I mean, on these Marvel movies, they're, they're filming these things for months sometimes. I mean, they did Infinity War and Endgame back to back. They were probably filming for over a year. Yeah. You know, filming for right. over a year. Um, so having fun is important. Liking what you do is important, especially, you know, uh, again, going back, going back to being a creative person, uh, we, we don't do good with like job, job type jobs because we get bored very quickly. Mm -hmm. So if you, and you, and you see this a lot with, with TV actors, um, if they get stuck in the same role, there's certain points where it's like, if the, if they're not having fun and, and the creativity isn't pushing them, you'll see it in the quality of the show. The show will dip down because the actors are bored. The, the creative people are bored now and they're just kind of coasting. Um, sometimes it's because ratings are great. Sometimes it's because they're winning awards. Sometimes it's just because they're making so much money that, you know, all right, well, I guess I'll show up to work again today and clear a you know, million and a half dollars. All right, cool. When's lunch? But when, but you can tell that there's a complete difference when a creative person is enjoying what they're doing and they're a part of the creative process, which clearly uh, Helmsworth was with Taika Waititi with Ragnarok. And then going forward, he took that character and just the, the, the stuff with, you know, Rocket and Groot and then in Infinity War and then the full transformation in Endgame, you know, which was awesome. Yeah. And it was one of those things, and I, I don't follow the comics. Like, I'm just, I'm watching the movies. I know nothing about the comic books. Uh, but, like, I love the fact that the, at the end, when they're in that battle with Thanos, and he all of a sudden turns into Thor, they didn't slim him down. They didn't, like, all, all of a sudden the lightning cracks, and he's got abs and short <laughs> hair. It's like, no, he was still a fat guy. It was right? just, a, he had armor over his fat, you know? <laughs> like, I love that. It's like, they kept with it, and then they ended the movie which I again I cannot wait because they ended the movie with him jumping on the guardian ship, so yeah. we get more Tree Rabbit and Thor. Exactly, and you know James Gunn is another one, much like Taika Waititi. James Gunn is another one of my favorite filmmakers, just because it's a guy that clearly is having fun with what he does, um, and the stuff he did with Guardians was so off the wall that it just worked. It was so different from. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. It's like, oh, and here's this weird shit over here, you know. And now, and now they gave him Suicide Squad. He's dipping his toe in both pools. He's got DC. He's got Marvel. He's doing all of it great. Uh, and and I love the fact, just more of on a, a personal love of independent cinema, that James Gunn came from Troma. 
He's he, a trauma guy. That's why Lloyd Coffin was in the first uh, Guardians movie. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I mean, that's why he got so uh, when when uh, when the cancel culture went after James Gunn uh, last b- before Endgame. It was because he was making jokes from like I don't know years and years and years ago. And it's like I was working for Troma, man. It's like this was the type of humor we were doing. I had no idea. And 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 that that's that's a whole other box of bananas but <laughs> it's like his his explanation was perfect because it wasn't like he was coming out and apologizing he's like no this is it was a joke that i made back then when i was working for this company that that was the brand of humor we were on can you just tell people who don't know what trauma is trauma is is an independent film company run by lloyd kaufman in new york uh the creators of the toxic avenger it's probably the most known thing uh, but they make no budget movies, and they've been doing it for like forty, fifty years. Uh, and some of them, uh, some of them are really good. Some of them are not so good. Right. Um, but the good ones are are like if you like independent, schlocky, uh, fluid based <laughs> humor. And the Toxic Avenger has a series. There's, there's more than one of them. There's four of them. Four. There's four, four movies, a musical, and it was an old animated TV series. <laughs> uh, I don't know about yeah. the musical. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a Broadway musical, like <laughs> bonkers that stuff like that happens. It's a cult following. It is. Um, but yeah, towards towards the fourth Toxic Avenger movie, uh, was around when James Gunn was was with him because he he wrote I think Tromeo and Juliet. Um, I th- he was involved with another one called Terra Firmer, which is another one of, one of my favorite trauma movies. Um, but yeah, so it was like that was the brand of humor, and he also was like. He's like, yeah, and Disney knew about it when they signed me for the first Guardians. I had to explain. Like, they have a vetting process, obviously. They're not just going to give a Marvel franchise to someone who's a problem, right. a social problem. Uh, so he's like, they knew about it. But now because some, and I love the phrase, because the tweets resurfaced, Ugh, also known as, you Googled? It's the worst. It's you the worst. Googled him? Seriously. Bored? Um, it's like, it was stupid. And clearly, it, it meant nothing because they rehired him. Yeah, you know, they fired him for a couple of weeks, and everyone went batshit. And like the whole cast of Guardians was like, "Well, you might as well fire all of us too," you know. And then it, by that point, they had already been given the Suicide Squad, which I like the fact that he didn't budge on that because they hired him back for Guardians Three, and he's like, "Well, you're gonna now have to wait because I'm already doing this. <laughs> and so now Guardians 3 has to wait till after Suicide Squad is done, uh, which, again, I wasn't a fan of the, the Suicide Squad that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. This one looks great. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, this is... Because, again, it's... it's If you're a fan of, of uh, a director's certain brand of style, you can spot it from a mile away. And watching the first trailer, I'm like, oh, this is a James Gunn movie. I'm all in. This is great. See, John Cena is playing an asshole version of Captain America. <laughs> right. Yes, how great is that? No, I yes. I actually like this. The first Suicide Squad, or what is it called? It was, it was, it was just squad. called Suicide Squad. Yeah. This is the, the Suicide, Suicide squad. squad. What didn't you like about it? It was a mess. In what way? It was a mess. I, it, it, was, really... it was a typical DC movie okay. uh, up like... until this point, which was, um, which we've covered many times on that movie show. Um, my feeling is DC decided that they were going to get into the expanded universe uh, game by the by the time Age of Ultron was coming out from Marvel. So Marvel already had about a dozen films under their belt. 
DC decided, well, we need to get to that point now. So they, <laughs> so instead of doing the right thing and building their characters, they were like, let's get to the finish line now, and then we'll backtrack in the next few movies. Hmm. Um, which is why, you know, I liked Man of Steel, uh, but then again, they they tried to make Batman versus Superman basically their Avengers movie. Uh, which it shouldn't have been. That should have been the Batman movie because they were, you know, we're, we're, we start each character from their point of origin. That's why we've, why we've seen the Wayne family die outside that theater 47,000 times, yeah. which my, my co-host Eddie, that, that's his personal hell. Like when, when, when he dies and he goes to hell, he's going to be riding a bus that's <laughs> only showing Wayne deaths over and over and over and, and, and over and again. Pearls flying, yep. Yep. Pearls and, and <laughs> various different forms of killers. Right. I, I like Jack Napier from the Tim Burton Batman, but that's just my personal favorite <laughs> Wayne family death. Sure. You know? Um, but yeah, the, I, I feel that DC was like, like I said, they, they were they were trying to, they were at the finish line trying to work their way back as opposed to starting the race and just taking their own time and doing it. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason that Marvel has made... Uh, I think now with uh, the last Spider-Man and now Black Widow, probably 24, 25 movies. And one or two were like misses. You know, we talked about Dark World and I'm sure there might have been one other. I think Iron Man 3 wasn't, uh, 2 and 3 weren't really revered. Well, they were better than Thor though. Yeah, the, the second Thor was definitely the, the you know, the sore thumb in the group. It's like, ah, cut that off. Um, <laughs> but... It's one of those things like they've they've gone, you know, 25 movies with very few misses. And, and that was actually something that, that Chris Evans said when I interviewed him. He's because I asked him because it was right before we caught him, caught him like a week too early. It was right before he could start talking about Age of Ultron. Oh. So he's like, I'm like, you got Ultron coming up. What can you tell us? He's like, nothing. I'm like, cool. Nice. I'm glad I watch movies because I remember you made this this really emotional relationship movie called London, and we talked about that. So I got Captain America. And I'm talking about some indie relationship movie. Uh, but but that's at, so Mike. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm such a geek. But at the end of the interview, I'm like, look, you got to give me something. I'm like, why? Why should I go pay money to see Age of Ultron? And I can't argue with his his point. He's like, it's Marvel. They really haven't missed a step yet. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, you asked him for something. He Checks in the mail, man. Yeah, yep, he <laughs> earned it. That was good. That's that's, that's a, a good one. That's a good answer. And he's uh, right, though. But he's, he's right. But he's right. He's right. And and that's what DC should have done. Uh, there's also no Kevin Feige at DC, you know. Oh, and yeah. Kevin Feige is like the the figurehead of Marvel. Uh, and he's dictating how this story's gonna go, and and that's why they're planning their movies five years in advance. You know, they they have. I think we just wrapped up phase four. They already have five, phase six planned. You know, it's crazy, isn't and it? people are like, you need to get the X Men in now. He's like, don't worry, we got it planned. <laughs> we got Calm it down, relax. people. Yes, Deadpool will show up, just not tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus. Let's get through one division first. Seriously, that looks weird. It does. It I'm, looks I'm, weird. I'm, I'm kind of in on it. I don't know what it, what it's about. I'm gonna watch it. You have Comic to watch book it, people though. seem very excited, but you have to watch it because it's gonna lead to something else. Of people, she, well, well, that, well, that's the cool part. Is is, is all She Hulk. 
yeah, all of this stuff is going to be intertwined into the movie. Yeah. Um, which was kind of a... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did that. Yeah, yeah kind of. To, to a little extent. To a, to a little extent. Not like this. Not but. like this. And and more importantly, the, the Netflix Marvel stuff had nothing to do with it, which was a shame. But I, I've I've heard that we're going to get uh, the Daredevil from Netflix, and I think Bernthal's going to do the Punisher when they get to that yeah. type of thing, which he was fantastic in. Uh, but I also like the Tom Jane Punisher. I'm not going to lie. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, Travolta was in that too. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it was that, it was, that was Battlefield Earth. That was one of the last like Travolta had that run, that Pulp Fiction run where he came back. And I'm I'm old school Travolta fan. Like I, I as a kid, I love Grease and, and and all that stuff. Like I lo- I'm a Travolta fan, so I'm always rooting for the guy. He just he has a lot of misses. Especially recently, uh, don't go watch the fanatic or Gotti. I watched fanatic. Oh, I watched it. I, I it, the, that movie. the premise seems so great. It did I, again? I'm rooting for him. I, like, great I, premise. I wanted to love that movie, and and I'm just like, oh, they they. That's a lot of bad choices you're making. I won't watch Gotti. Yeah, and Gotti. I, I already know it. I've already seen it. I've seen it with with good people. Not not the, the Armando Sante one was amazing. I loved Armando Sante as him. It was amazing. So Very few people know about it because it like it was an, ama- it HBO, was an HBO original HBO in yes. the '90s when they right. weren't really doing that. I, I, I remember putting it on the on the on the side of the wall there yeah. as as you need to watch the this. video stores. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the, the fanatic was terrible, <laughs> and, really and, was. and Gotti felt like uh, to me the Gotti one felt like they ran out of money, so they were using stock footage to fix problems. Oh, that yeah. that's like that's how I felt. It wasn't like they were using real like real news footage as a creative choice. It was like this is like a three minute news segment. You just no choice. You're filling time to get ninety minutes out of this. Come on, three more minutes. Like this could have been a, a twenty minute short oh, film, but yeah. Travolta's in it. But the fanatic did bother me because I'm like, this is the it was one. Horrible. This is the one. I'm going to watch it before yeah. the word gets out. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy telling people to watch it. No. Yeah. Oh. And no. Terrible. It, <laughs> Terrible. The, I love the premise. It's, it's a shame, and, and the well, the premise is great. It's 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 misery. It's you know, it's I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're, actually, you know what? I never thought of that. You're right. Yeah. When you boil I mean, it down, it's, to it's that. a very simple premise that works very well. Give me an autograph. No. But. They, the Devin Sawa <laughs> character, the actor should have been sympathetic. He was an asshole from the start and a wife beater and and, and just a terrible human being. Right. And it's like, well, I'd kind of want him to die. <laughs> I will be bothered. And they made way. Travolta, who was supposed to be the villain, when when they decided to give him a nondescript mental illness, yes, made him the sympathetic character. And it's like, well, now I kind of feel bad that he murdered the maid because he really didn't know any better. And then it's like at the end, Devin Sawa gets arrested. And it's like oh, this could have been cleared up with one conversation. It's like you're you're under arrest. No, 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 no. You see, see this guy who's dead right here. <laughs> my, my maid is out back with her head bludgeoned. He did it. He's been stalking me. He drugged me. He tied me to a bed. Like, why am I in handcuffs right now? Yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're... simple ten second cuff, but no. And then then all of a sudden the the end the first end credit pops up and you understand exactly why it was a mess. Yeah. Written and directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> I I knew that going in. I didn't. See, I did. I, I didn't. I watched it despite that. I was like, ah, that explains it. But I really, I did know that going, and I, and I really, I wanted, to, I did, I wanted to love it. I've been, I've been to many comic cons, and I can see how people would be like that. Oh sure. And I just, I Very wanted easy premise. It, it is, but I thought it would work, and it just, it, it could have been done so much better. I thought. Well, it has been. Misery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Fair enough. I mean, uh, even even the De Niro Wesley Snipes movie, oh, the fan, the fan w- yes. w- was a better version of this. But the fan wasn't 
once they hit the once they hit the baseball field, I just lost it. Uh, I just lost it. They had me up until the game. They did. It just made no sense to me. Well, it's just, it's just seeing it made, made me wish that Wesley Snipes was in Major League Two. He what? Wait. He was in the first. Oh, one. Was Omar Epps was in it was the, Omar Epps. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Everyone but Wesley. We- we- Wesley thought he was too big for the movie. He was. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Which was a shame because I loved the uh, the the little uh, black lightning white or white thunder black lightning bit with Jesse Ventura in it. The, the fake movie trailer that Willie Mays Hayes made in the second one. I don't remember that. Oh, it was crap. Uh, <laughs> but, but but this time it was crap by design. By de- okay. It was like Willie Mays Hayes wanted to be an actor, an action oh. star. And uh, and him and Jesse the Body Ventura made a movie called uh, Black Lightning or Bla- no, Black Hammer, <laughs> Black Hammer, White Lightning. That's phenomenal. Was the name of the movie, and and the the punch at the end of the trailer was the two of them standing face to face with their machine guns up and going, "Mine fell the hardest. <laughs> Mine are the deadest." Clink <laughs> the guns together like a cheers. <laughs> I don't like, remember that this at all. Sucks. <laughs> I saw that movie once. I, I don't remember that at all. Oh, and that—that's another one. Like, there's. Uh, I, I have a few friends where where we can we can talk for days in nothing but movie quotes. It's it's a weird tick um, <laughs> that lasts for days. But <laughs> like, uh, there, there's any, anytime there's like a, a crap. Like, even my friend today asked me about it. Uh, he he's he asked about uh, Tenant, the the Christopher Nolan movie that just came out for like 20 minutes oh yes um denzel's kid yeah uh it looked great but he insisted on it being released in theaters I so know. nobody saw it what? who who insists on a theater release during a global pandemic christopher nolan because he want, he shot it in imax and i understand it to a point but it's like dude hold it um, y- yes but yeah so my, what what i said to him he's like have you heard anything about tenant i go well, I did hear it was released uh, for about two and a half hours, but it was in focus, <laughs> which was a line from uh, Major League Two about the Black Hammer White Lightning movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I tried to go see his movie, but it was only released for an hour and a half. I did hear it was in focus, though. Oh, Bob Uecker. Buke. Yeah. See, they, Harry Doyle. They got everybody back. Drunken voice of the Indians. <laughs> Just a bit outside. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's funny because we, we covered uh, uh, on the movie show. We covered Major League, and that's another one that did very well for us. Like surprisingly, like that. That's and and surprisingly being like, it, like I said, we the bad movies do better. And I I was like, that seems too good of a movie to do well for us. And I, we had a lot of fun talking about it. Like, see, that doesn't surprise. I know, I know what you're you're saying with the bad movies, but yeah. Major League was just a fun movie all around. Oh yeah, it was very good, and. and and gave us Ricky Vaughn, Mr. Ricky Charlie Vaughn. Sheen. That was great. Yeah. Oh, buddy, Charlie Sheen. I love that movie. Renee Russo was the... She was. She was, she was the Russo, love yes. interest of Tom Berenger. And she was topless in Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan. She was. Yes. Yes. Uh, very few people saw that one besides us video store guys. See, I used to be Mr. Skin before Mr. Skin. I knew I could... If I knew before then, I, I would be making so much money off that. I, I was... I was the guy when people wanted to see boobs. Well, see, as, as uh, I'm glad you brought Mr. Skin because, as someone who deals in in movies on online with the movie show, and we have it on YouTube, and every episode we include the trailer of that movie. Now, from my limited uh, amateur legal knowledge, 
that falls under fair use because it's, uh, you know, we're reviewing it. It's not the full movie, blah, 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 blah. Again, limited legal knowledge. Every single one of them gets slapped with a copyright claim on YouTube. And I obviously I dispute it and some get let go and I'm allowed to keep it up and others I have to trim that little clip out. No big deal. Not breaking my ass. I, then I see something like Mr. Skin who has like every movie yep. ever on a pay website. How is that legal? And I've wondered that since the 90s. I don't know. How does he get away with just uploading portions of movies to his website without paying royalties. Because there's, no there's no way he's paying royalties to every movie that's ever had a nude scene. No, you're right, because it'd be, it's astronomical. How millions and millions of dollars, not, not, not whatever he's charging for his subscriptions. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's weird stuff like that. Like, obviously, he's got good lawyers. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that, that probably plays into it, but... Yeah, it's a, it's again, a good point. Brain works weird like that. But like that, I see stuff no, like that. I'm like, how is he getting away with it? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? What am I doing or wrong? What is he doing right? I'm not peddling in the nude business, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. I, I I never thought of that. Yeah, you're right. He does. He has all access. Well, to the only reason I, I think of it is because I, I I get hit with those copyright claims. Now, what is it? What it? And it, it's a trailer that's been. Well, I mean, technically, I I don't have permission or license to use it. That, that's what it is. I didn't, you know, it, it's, it's no different. Um, then why can you talk about it? What do you mean? Well, why can you talk about it? We can talk about whatever the hell we want. It's America, pal. <laughs> USA. In America, we can talk about whatever. Goddamn freedom of speech. <laughs> um, but no, you can talk about it because you can talk about it. It's, it's showing it. Uh, that is where the, and, and again, there is, there is a fair use thing. And that, that's what I always claim because reading what I've, you know, again, what little I've read on fair use, what I'm doing falls under that. And, and clearly because a lot of the times I would say seven out of 10, uh, seven out of 10 episodes gets cleared and I'm, I'm allowed to keep the trailer up there. And there's that three, um, <sighs> Warner brothers is usually a stickler about it. Are they? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, you can see, if you do it enough, which I'm on a hundred and something episodes now of, of the movie show, um, you see it enough that you can see like the studios that allow it in the studio. Disney's cool. Uh, so all our star Wars stuff, all the Marvel stuff, that's the fourth train. I love the train. Um, <laughs> that's all cool. Universal's pretty cool about it. Uh, Warner brothers is really not like there. There's, there's always comes back with take it down and which is, it's fine. It's a very simple click, 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 and it trims the trailer out. It's not like we're sh- pasting the movie all over the show yeah, yeah. by design because that would be a pain in the ass to go back and have to re-edit the entire thing and re. You know, no, too much work. <laughs> too much yeah. work for a silly podcast. So you take the shot and hopefully you get to keep it up. Yeah. Whereas, whereas if I played a song, I would even know that I was off. That was I was. A music's a whole different. They would animal. just take and, me and right off, and I'd never tough. be on again. I would never be on again. Music, music's tough. Um, <sighs> they just remove you, and you don't even—they don't even tell you. You just have to figure it out. Yeah, certain ones, yeah. Um, no, I'm talking again, about like Apple and stuff. Apple will if I if I played a song that I want. No, if you get caught, I don't know how I get caught. Again, that's well, just it. It's if you get caught. Who's gonna catch me? But yeah, I mean, I, but I don't want to take the chance. No, and and that that's more more to the point. Um, and. 
the the problem is with especially with stuff like that it's a moving goalpost situation where um you could have you know you you could have a song on that gets by for for years and years and years and years and then all of a sudden like you said someone hears it and it it gets flagged for copyright and then your whole thing's done it's like that that show was like Five years ago, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't care. They don't care. They really don't. Uh, and and <clears throat> the bitch of it is is the automated ones. Like, um, I I can only speak to like really more YouTube than than the the audio apps. But um, it has automated copyright flagging, so it, it's picked up. Like I've had videos where it's picked up things it thought was. A song that like you have to then then you really have to start like disputing and, and getting involved and trying to be like no look it's this thing over here like I have a, a there's there's a royalty free website uh, that you pay a subscription for called Audio Blocks where you get you know music beds and stuff we used it a lot for Wikibytes yeah uh, all the music and Wikibytes came from there and part of your subscription agreement and it's right in the licensing is you can use this basically. Short version, you can use the music anywhere for lifetime <laughs> okay. without having to pay royalties because you paid for your subscription. It's part of that. Yeah. One of the songs or one of the music beds that I used uh, sounded vaguely like, there was two of them actually. One was v- vaguely like a Rolling Stones song and the other one was like the Halloween theme. Oh, nice. I picked them by design. I'm like, that sounds like the Rolling Stones. For I'm that reason, it. right, of Because course. I can. Yes. Now, the problem is when you post that segment to YouTube, you're now dealing with getting flagged by because they think it's a Rolling Stones song and you have to go back and forth. The bitch of it is, is because it's an automated thing, it keeps getting flagged. Mm. So even though you, you get, uh, you know, you get flagged, you dispute it. And you've worked it, gets it out. Cleared, it's cleared. It's worked out. Okay, you're in the right. Two years from now, that thing will get, I'll be doing this <laughs> Forever. It's crazy. Just for a stupid 15-second piece of music. <laughs> Zack Snyder's actually in trouble now because of his trailer for the HBO Max mm-hmm. Justified because that they didn't get clearance for that Hallelujah song. Well, that's just on them. They were given $30 million. I know, I know. That movie. But that's, like, but, but, you're yeah. not clearing songs. That's on you, man. <laughs> if you're Zach, that? Like, it's one thing for me to not right. clear a song. <laughs> of course. If you're but, Zack Snyder and you were just given $30 million to re-edit a bad movie and you don't clear a song for a trailer, <laughs> I got no sympathy for it you, pal. to show you, though. It's just, I mean, it's, if they hit it, they'll hit anyone. And again, that's Warner Brothers, so that's on them. Yeah. They, they haven't been nice to me, so fuck them. <laughs> See? <laughs> that, that lends more credibility to it, too, is because it's, it, it's Warner Brothers. They did it. Actually, I like HBO. I, 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 I subscribe to HBO Max, and I, I enjoy it. It was, uh, it was one of those things I was on the fence about. Uh, I had HBO, canceled it when COVID started, just cutting you know luxury costs. And then they came back, and they offered a deal to come back on HBO Max. I'm like, all right, I'll try it for a couple months, see what happens. And the first couple months, I was poking around, and it was like, ah, this is weird. And uh, Then I started digging into the movie library, and there is some gems. And something that wasn't advertised, and I don't know if many people know about it, but they have, I don't, uh, you, you're a video store guy, so you know the Criterion Collection. Yeah. They have all the Criterion movies on HBO Max, like the C- Criterion print of them. So like you go watch, and you can tell because they're, they start right out with the big Criterion C logo at the beginning of it. All the Godzilla movies that were released by Criterion. Uh, the Night of the Living Dead, which is royalty free and anybody can put out like that. You, you and I could put out a copy of Night of the Living Dead and make money off of it. It's a weird, 
terrible situation where George Romero got screwed on it. But the Criterion Collection put out a version that's beautiful. The transfer is great. It, the, the black and white, it looks awesome. And that's the version on HBO Max. So it was like they didn't – a bunch of Bruce Lee movies uh, are on there, the Criterion versions. Um, basically, for, for people that don't know what Criterion is, it's um, – it's like a it's for physical media. It's like the peak of physical media type things. So like, they take specialty movies and they they clean them up. They give them nice presentations so they look great. They sound great uh, on Blu-ray or DVD. They put a ton of really cool bonus features and documentaries into them and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm a I'm a physical media collector. I, again, have been since childhood. I ran video stores and stuff. It's, I was destined to do that. Um, you know, now they're they're all in boxes, but you know, there was a time where I had an entire room wall to wall movies uh in my house. And the Criterion Collection is like the the pinnacle of like a Blu-ray. So it's like if 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 the studio puts out a version of Blu-ray you find for like five bucks and then the Criterion one is like twenty dollars, for me I'm buying the twenty dollar one instead of the five dollar one just because I know it's like that much better. It's the last time I'm going to buy that movie because it's the best it's ever going to look and sound, and it's it's really freaking cool. And I thought it was, it was really a wonderful surprise that HBO Max has those movies all in their library, and really nobody's talking about it. So I, I haven't even I have HBO, so I am therefore grandfathered into HBO Max. Right, but I'm waiting for the app. Oh, I have a Roku. It's and and not having See, HBO I, Max on TV I, is the I, worst. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to do it. Yeah, it, it's tough, um, especially because, like, uh, I'm a huge South Park fan, and, like, in June, South Park moved from, they were on Hulu, and then they moved over to HBO Max, which was actually one of the factors that I played into, like, yeah, all right, I'll subscribe decision, because yeah. I, I want to watch South Park. And, um, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. It's such an easy, like, bingeable show. Like, you just pick a... Pick a random ass season while you're making dinner, and you, watch, you <laughs> all of a sudden you're seven episodes deep and laughing your ass off. It's wonderful. Um, With mac and cheese on your chest. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be the COVID. Who's gonna judge me? Nobody's around. <laughs> That's right. Time is meaningless. That's right. You know. That's right. But so they're not on Amazon Stick either, which no. bothers me. No. Like, Come on. And, and that's becoming. I cut cable like three years ago, and went streaming and. It's now becoming a problem because everyone's doing it. Yeah. And the cool thing when I did it was like the point of cutting cable was, you know, you, I had Xfinity. It was exorbitant every month. It was like $350 every month. It was stupid money. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, why don't I cut it? Just pay for internet and then pick and choose what I want to watch. That makes sense. Why doesn't everybody do it? Eh. You can. <laughs> so I went with YouTube TV uh, for a number of reasons. One of them was it had Nesson. Um, not, not only was my TV show on there, but I'm a Bruins fan. Right. I, need, I need a way to watch the Bruins. Like that, was, that, was like the, that was one of the factors when I was, you know, all right, well, I want to cut cable, but I need to watch the Bruins. You know, and, and, and YouTube TV was the perfect option. It was relatively inexpensive at the time. And they had the local channels for sports and news. Great. It's basically just like having cable at like a fraction of the price. And now because everyone's streaming, the streaming services are kind of uh, feeling feeling strong. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Yeah. 
So momentum. Everyone's using Roku and Amazon Fire Sticks, so they're able to be like basically uh, strong arming the the providers, the the studios and stuff. So it's like HBO Max just thinks, oh, we're just going to put our thing on Roku, and Roku's like, no, you're going to pay us. <laughs> You're, you're HBO. You're making. You got. You're boasting thirty million subscribers. You've got you're the gonna, money. You're, you're gonna break a little piece off. You gotta. You gonna. You have to grease my palm a little right, bit here. Let's I gotta work my beak. That's right. And and I'm just you know, like I just want to watch the Bruins. <laughs> That's it. And they like I said, the YouTube TV lost Nesson on Halloween. That was the last day. I got the email and I'm like, Ugh. wait, like two days ago? I, yeah. yeah. Wow. It just and it turned off right at midnight. Disappeared and the the real bitch of it was. Uh, one of the cool things about YouTube TV was uh, the DVR, which is an unlimited cloud space DVR. Great. As, as a TV junkie, yeah. I'm DVRing everything. <laughs> well, if they lose the channel like they lost Nesson, oh. everything from that DVR is gone too. I mean, I lived through Wicked Bites, so losing those is okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I lived but it's like I had all I had all the Bruins games yeah. DVR on there, and some of them I you know occasionally go back and watch. Like, oh, it was a great game. I'm just gonna sit because COVID, uh, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back and watch this game and you know try to enjoy the rest of my evening. Uh, and nope, God, like wow. that sucks. Yeah, but my guess is, and, and I I know you saw you saw the comment that I posted uh, that it's like it happens all the time. Like if if you ever watch like usually like AMC is one of the ones that uh, if the like Direct TV we lost our contract and there'll usually be a scroll at the bottom like yes, you let, if you're a Direct TV subscriber let them know that you want to see AMC right it's a pissing contest it, it, the networks versus the service providers it it's been happening since since contracts were invented <laughs> and my assumption because it usually in in the past has been worked out eventually. Uh, my assumption is that by hockey season, they'll have it figured out. They'll have to. You know, because what, what YouTube TV will see is because I can't be the only one that Nesson was a factor into getting YouTube TV here in Boston. Nope. Uh, so when hockey season starts rolling around, okay, well, I want to watch the Bruins. I'm going to find another way to find to to watch the Bruins. And if it's not you, then I'm going to have to make a decision if your $65 is worth it each right. month. Someone's getting my money. You right. Well, that's you. just it. You want it to so be I'm you? I'm watching the Bruins. Right. <laughs> Regardless. You know, it, it's... Irregardless. It, you know, it's like a drug addict. It's like, I'm getting high tonight. <laughs> You're either going to let me get high or that guy is. Somebody so Who is. wants my money? That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Bruins are a drug. I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because it's it's so true. It's like you, they, I've seen that a million times. You got three days. It, it, yeah. Right. You call everybody. Write everybody. Whatever you got to do. Write your congressman. Yeah. You exactly. Watch the Walking Dead. Because they don't have better things to do with their time. That's insane. And a lot of times it's the dish. I remember being in the dish too because I'm like, all, oh, good. That doesn't that doesn't affect me. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, you would always see those commercials. Set Direct TV and Dish. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Was weird times. Weird times. They are. So, do you, is there anything you want to promote other than? Uh, shit, I don't know. Instagram uh, or? Uh, I mean, send me money. That'd be good. Send it, <laughs> send it down to, to the Cape. I, I accept cash. <laughs> I won't say what part of the Cape, but down the Cape. No, yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, I, I keep the social media simple. It, it's all my name. It's my at Mike Went on pretty much everything. So it's M I K E W E N D T. Uh, and I write, uh, that's pretty much where I post everything that I'm doing, whether it's that movie show, 
which is on every podcasting app. Uh, Larry, the one you're listening to this on, right. if you put that movie show in, it's there. Same with two guys watching wrestling. We're on every podcast app. Um, uh, my, the, um, the GTA short films I'm making are on YouTube. Again, it's Mike Went. Um, yeah, I mean, follow, follow me on social media. And, and uh, you know, when I start doing things I'm getting paid for, I'll let people know. <laughs> now, do you think real quick, because I know I we, we touched upon this before I hit pl- record. Yeah. Um, do, what do you, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. No, but, but what do, what do you, how long do you think it'll be till you're back on Wicked? Let's say, say Wicked Bites, but... I don't. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, like it's been. I wish I had a better answer because uh, I, I, you're not the only one that asks. Uh, you know, I got friends and people that watch the show, and, and I, you know, not all, it wasn't just a TV show. I was doing a radio show on Sunday mornings with yeah. them, and and people that you know listen to the radio show or, or we stream it on Facebook, and you know, I'm very track downable. So people will send me messages being like, you know, is every first thing is everything okay? Because I just disappeared. <laughs> You know, Where'd you go, Mike? There, there was well, well, that's just it. It's like the show went on perpetual. The TV show went on perpetual repeats, and I just disappeared from the radio show. So, with, and again, I'm very tractable. People can see on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that I'm <laughs> that I'm not dead. Right, you know? right, right. I, 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 dead. I, I, I had no I'm problem de- getting a hold of you, Mike. Depression's <laughs> different, but I'm not dead. <laughs> um, you know, and I don't know. Uh, uh, hopefully soon. Why can't you do the radio show? Uh, well, can you not say I don't I'm unemployed? To... It's the easiest way. Uh, it, you know, I'm unemployed. Uh, oh, 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 so I see. Um, you know, and until you know, until until I can go back to work is is the answer. Um, you know, hopefully it's soon. But again, because because the 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 show's major source of of budget and income comes from restaurants and i mean restaurants they're hurting yes yeah like this is like of all the industries they've been smacked around the most during this and you know it's it's not i hate to say it it's not going to get any better because the cold months are here yeah um so it's like you're dealing with people that uh what what a lot of people restaurant customers don't understand uh, is restaurants operate on such a small profit fraction fraction. So it's like restaurants are running on like, you know, anywhere from one to 4% profit. So it's like, not it's, it's very small. And that was why when this all first started, a lot of restaurants were saying anything less than a hundred percent capacity is going to kill us. Oof. Like you start putting restrictions on us. We're dead. And a lot of them have like, it, it's, it's sad to see how many places haven't, have had to close down and that are going to have to close down Um, because now, I mean, people can dine inside, but even that is, has restrictions put on it. So you have capacity restrictions for indoor dining. Then you have the, the part of the population that won't go indoors regardless because COVID's still a thing. Yep. And we're in New England, so outdoor dining's pretty much done. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's it's like the, the one of the I mean, seeing those uh, the the patio pictures during the snowstorm the other day. It's like, oh well, they're dead, right? It's like you know, yeah, great. The the city's all extended your outdoor dining license into November, but who's going to use it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like 
it sucks because you know yeah we, we you'll get a surge on the random 60 degree day till about four in the afternoon yeah but then the that. sun starts going down and you're screwed it's, it's more effort to set it up than it is to, right to, to, and to and now honest. they have the the time restriction where everything has to close at 9 30 which was announced a couple days ago yeah and if you're now you can't really do outdoor dining and your primary source of indoor dining is cut down to a certain point. Like, like I don't know about anybody else, but like, I'm just starting to think about dinner around seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. <laughs> and if that means I'm going out, it's like, really, I got to leave in a half an hour. You know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so come the next couple months, a lot of places are with, we don't, we don't need a lockdown for restaurants to go back to, takeout and delivery we just need weather you know what i mean it's, it's gonna happen <laughs> yes you know like like i was thinking about that on, on the drive over here and, and i'm like oh man these like it's cold out it's too cold to sit and eat type of thing you know what i mean and they don't need to the we don't need the governor to tell us you can't in, eat indoors like there's a good chunk of people my mother won't won't go into a restaurant she won't right. do it like she's still too afraid of COVID. You know what I mean? Uh, and and she's not the only one. No. You know, I, I see it a lot. People on Facebook, the question is asked a lot. Do you feel safe dining indoors? And there's a lot of people being like, no, I'm just doing takeout. It's like, and that's going to be real hard. So that's the long way of saying I honestly don't know when I'm going to be able to get back to the show because the restaurants, you know, the sponsorship through restaurants was was a source of, of budget and income. Uh, and it's a blood from a stone situation. You know, if, if, if your, your sponsor is having enough trouble paying their wait staff, they're not going to worry about paying for a TV sponsorship. You know what I mean? So who knows? That's the, that's the long way of saying who knows, hopefully soon. Um, if I'm, if, if I'm being realistic and this isn't me, this is just, you know, uh, my feeling industry wide. Uh, we're we're going to be looking at a full year of this shit. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if in March we're still sitting here being like, all right, is it over yet? Yeah. Can, 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 can we, go can we start? Can we start? Like, no. like that was, that was one of the, the, the tough things from, from just on a selfish level, a personal level. It's like, I had a lot of shit going on personally at the end of 2019 where I was like, I was looking forward to this year. <laughs> like legitimately, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a year of 2020 new, is my year. New Woo. starts. New, and I'm not one of those new year, new me guys. <laughs> right. uh, but this year it actually was real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm, I'm going to, there's new, going to be a new start, new beginnings. Uh, you had Denise on a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, about the, uh, we, had, we got a divorce. Yes. So I'm like, I'm turning 40. I'm getting divorced. Going into this new year, I don't know, maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll get weird and move to Florida or Vegas or, <laughs> or, or whatever and just, but I have that opportunity to, to just start over type of thing. And it's like, okay, well, this is, let's, let's make the most of this situation. You know, let's make the best of a, a bad situation. So I was kind of looking forward to it. I was looking forward to a new start. Hmm. I didn't mean a hard goddamn reboot. <laughs> I wasn't like, hey, let's turn it to zero. Yeah. This guy's optimistic. Let's 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 turn it to zero. This poor bastard. Let's, you know, it, it's like I just needed a you know control alt delete type of restart, not pull the plug out of the computer. 
Like, ah, oh, no, no, that, we're going to throw this one out the window and start over again. <laughs> like, holy, like, we are literally starting from scratch whenever we do start again. That's the, the tough part. Of, yeah. Is, is the whole starting from scratch thing. It, it's, it's scary, but it, again, it's like I, I keep falling back on, on, on the creative side of my brain being like, well, I can figure something out. I just, you know, once, even, even now, like I'm not making any money off the podcast or anything, but like I got two podcasts going, I've started these video series. I got like two others that are probably going to start by the end of the year. And then a a couple other video series by the end of the year. It's just like, again, it's throwing shit off the wall scenario. It's like right now, you know, you're not making any money off of it. You might as well have fun doing it. You know what I mean? And (laughs) Hey, it'll come. It'll come. Who knows? one of those pieces of shit might stick to the wall <laughs> and then you can make something out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, like, I mean, like, like I said earlier when we were talking about the, the movie show, like Eddie and I were talking with showcase right before COVID. This was supposed to, again, this was supposed to be a great year. Um, <laughs> you know, we were going to be doing live events. We were going to be uh, doing, doing our own version of, of mystery science 3000 in bars. We had um, literally in uh, March and April, we had two dates set up at, at Blackstrap Barbecue in Winthrop that we were going to be doing live versions of the show. And along with, you know, you know, we, it was a whole, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, you can, I mean. It, <laughs> you know, you, we don't stop being ourselves. So when when the lights get turned back on, we can start back up. And I think it's funny because we're doing this in the dark. We're doing this in the dark. This is perfect. <laughs> You're literally and figuratively. This is literally <laughs> the perfect 2020 podcast. It's like we're literally in blackness. Time is meaning meaningless. That's why I'm just, I'm still, like, I'm guessing like, oh, this is, like there was part of me like when we were talking about the Marvel stuff, I'm like, oh, this is probably around, like three hours. And as a podcast guy, I'm like, oh, what a terrible guest. I'm just babbling on no. keeping this guy from dinner or something like that. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. No, hey. I, well, my, no, I just, I know when I'm on the other side of the microphone, it's no. like, because on, on, my wrestling show goes long. We, yeah, that, sure. That's a long one. But again, we're covering months of crap. Right. Um, and I, I know when I hit around two and a half hours, I'm like, oh, we need to wrap this up. No, see, with me, it's it's simple. It's it's a conversation, and it's just until, it, it, and you were, oh, what am I going to do? Tell you, hey, listen, can you can you stop right now because I got to end this? No, <laughs> no. If you're if you're going, you're going. I felt bad for Denise because I had to for the two chicks chatting episode. Yeah. I lost. I don't know what happened. I lost a bunch of stuff. I had to salvage. We had a whole like almost an hour of of, of her and I because Kim had to leave, yeah. and I only got I think like twenty minutes. I felt so bad. But I didn't want to just right. not do it. But no, if you're going, you're going. It's 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 interesting. It's like The Godfather. I always say that <laughs> The Godfather's three hours. I'm watching all three hours of it. Right. Endgame, another one. I wanted it to be four hours. Yeah, no, if it's uh, yeah. if it's good, I mean, if you're boring, I can understand. But sure. no, I, I I'm well, I'm glad I'm not boring. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm entertained. Yeah. It's funny. You Am mentioned. I not entertained? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because it's like that was that was exactly the analogy I put uh, when the Irishman came out. Yes, and everyone was bitching and moaning that it, it was so long. I love that I'm like, movie. it's entertaining. I thought it was great. It's it's so long. It's on Netflix. Push pause. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I watched it. 
I started with breakfast. I pushed pause. <laughs> I went and made lunch. I came back. I watched some more of it. That's awesome. And then I finished it with a couple of beers, and I'm like, this is a great day. Did you watch the roundtable after? Oh, my God. It was wonderful. I love the roundtable. And, and so few people knew about I, it. No, I, I went to Thanksgiving that year, and I was telling my family, I'm like, oh, yeah, and then did you stick around and watch? Yes. Like, no. I hit stop as soon as it was over. No, you oh, don't. God. Don't ever do that. Never do that. You don't know what's out there. The funny thing is, we, we, we're talking about uh, Justice League. Uh Coppola recut Godfather Three. Yeah, I know. What it's is coming that out about? in December. What is that about? Like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. But wait, I mean, wait, uh, here's my analogy. My my thought on it is uh, because Stallone is recutting Rocky Four too, and, and he's leaving out the robot. He's leaving out the robot. Yeah, because we needed two more hours of montages. <laughs> um, my feeling is it, it's a it's what I'm referring to as a Snyder effect. Okay. It, they, all these filmmakers, because again. None of us can work. I don't care if you're as small as me or as big as Stallone. None of us can work right now. Lucas did it first, by the way. He did. But what happened with Snyder is all these guys who are not working right now, all film productions shut down during COVID, saw HBO Max give Zack Snyder $30 million to recut his film. Because of people hashtagging it. So... Coppola was like, I'll probably, I'll take five. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I don't have to work ever again because my wine is awesome. So I'll go, everybody hated this movie of mine. I, know, I, I can recut that. And Stallone, everyone loved Rocky IV. I don't know what he got off of, like why we needed that. And, okay, wh- and whatever. why take out the robot? I'll watch it, I'm sure. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. You but, know? But, but yeah, like the, uh, the Coppola one was... It's. Uh, I mean, he changed the title and everything. It's. It's now. It's no longer Godfather Three. It's uh, called Godfather Coda: The Death of Michael Corleone, and he's releasing it. I believe December second. And it's like, yeah. I mean, if if I was a if I was a filmmaker with a library of movies, I'd probably be calling some people, being like, "How much money you got? I can recut my movie." <laughs> you know. <laughs> it just, but it doesn't make sense. Like I, I honestly, and I'm, I am so in the minority about this. I had no problem with Godfather Three. I, I, I understand it wasn't one and two. No, but it told the story. Sure, it's that's it's all. definitely not as bad as the hype. No, definitely not. It's become one of those movies that it's cool to hate it and yeah. it's cool to smash it. But if you go back and you watch it, yeah. The first two are classics. Yes. like two of the greatest movies. Godfather Two is one of the best sequels. Ever. Empire you know, and Godfather 2. Like Godfather, Empire, yep. uh, Terminator, and Back to the Future 2. It's not bad. The, the, those are like, if you're looking for sequels that will stand up as their own, like this is a great film, not just a great sequel. Yes. You're off to a good start there. Um, in Godfather 3, it's like, yeah, it's 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 a decent enough movie. <laughs> but, but it's when a you, little long for a fo- bad movie. But you're following Godfather 2. What do you expect? Right. You, you, well, you, you know. Can't have it. it can't again, be that it's, good. it's one of those things. It's like... It had some good lines. It was it was a legacy sequel before legacy sequels were a thing. Uh, you know, it, it was, was like... It was time. Yeah, kind of, but not really. It was like... <laughs> Because like what they're doing now with stuff like Doctor Sleep or or the latest yeah. Terminator movie, which I thought got a bad rap. I again, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as people thought made it out to be. And I love Doctor Sleep. Um, it's like now they're they're taking the time. They're going back and doing these these twenty thirty year after the fact sequels, legacy sequels. Back then, it was like well, it was probably what twenty. It was ninety something. So yeah, about twenty years after Godfather two, and. No, maybe not 20 years, maybe 10, whatever, math. 
COVID. Uh, <laughs> blaming COVID on everything. Over 10. I can't do math anymore. Over 10. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. See, see that's what people don't, don't know. Not only uh, do you lose your scent of uh, smell and taste, but you can't do math anymore. A fact. I have permanent COVID. No, I don't want to make it seem like I actually have COVID. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very irresponsible of me. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so it, they made it like, and it was a cash grab type of thing. It was like, eh, you can't tell me that Coppola was like chomping at the bit to make this movie. He and he wanted to make another movie. This was the like he wanted to to make the death of Michael Corleone because it was part of the book that Mario Puzo wrote. Uh, but the studio didn't want him to make it. They they wanted him to make you know. They want Michael to live, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, he's a hero. You can well if you can kill Brando, you can kill Pacino. Well, Brando just didn't want to come back. <laughs> he was great though. Oh, uh, if yeah, Brando. Um, it's called Lost Souls. It is a documentary on Amazon Prime of the making of the Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh, please! I'm not watching that. The Island of Doctor Moreau is a bad movie. This was so fascinating. Are you serious? Oh my god. Like this, like they should have never. They should have just released this. It was. Are you kidding me? So, oh my god! Yeah, seriously, go watch it. Like, I'd be honest with you. Don't go watch Pool Boy. Watch this. <laughs> What's it called again? Lost, Lost Souls? Souls. It's it's got a long subtitle. It's okay. like Lost Souls. Blah 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 blah. The making of Doctor. Pool Boy. Doctor. Lost Souls. Yeah. To Pool Boy. <laughs> Drowning out the screams. They got some people though. Like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you know, uh, world star thespians, but you know, pool boy had like you know, Kevin Sorbo and Danny Trejo. You know, is that true? Names you know. Well, Danny Trejo will do anything. Yeah, except my podcast. <laughs> uh, I feel like we wrapped up and then started over again. That's okay, uh, but see what I'm talking about? I'm not going to cut you off. You're on a roll. So, mentioned the the Mike and Billy show earlier. Uh, when we were getting guests, we started branching out and trying to get guests in other realms. Uh, and we got a contact, you know, six degrees of Danny Trejo. And <laughs> we had a, an interview scheduled with Danny Trejo oh. for the release of Machete Kills, the sequel to Machete. And it just happened to coincide with the week he was on Breaking Bad where his, his, uh, his severed head was on the back of a turtle. I don't know if you've watched Breaking Bad. No, I haven't. I if haven't. you watch Breaking Bad, you know the scene. <laughs> Danny Trejo is a big drug guy, and he gets killed, and his head gets put on the back of a turtle walking around Mexico. <laughs> Very cool scene. Anyway, we were supposed to have him on the show that week. Really great. It was the one and only time I've pre-promoted an interview. Ooh. I've been, you know, because I always had that, you know, the floor can always fall out type of yep, feeling. It can. And... But we were like, great. And we were on a roll at that point. We were, you know, we were having guests regularly, you know, and, and having a good time with them. The, the episodes were, were landing. So we're like, all right, let's do it. So we put it out on social media. Like, you got any questions for Danny Trejo? Uh, <laughs> what should I ask Danny Trejo, everybody? <laughs> we sat in that studio. Oh, no. For two hours, waiting for the phone to ring. And... Billy was the one who set it up uh, and he's emailing and texting the person he was set it up with. And finally at about hour three, the reason was the person in California that set it up, like the intern or his assistant or whatever fucked up the time zones. Seriously. Yep. Yep. So he was ready to go three hours before we were. Before you were. Something like that. 
What, what? It would have to be because you waited yeah, three hours. Yeah, he would yeah, have called yeah. then. Oh my god! And I never got him back. So from that day forward, oh, wow. anytime a, a guest bails, it's always been referred to <laughs> by me as getting trayed. <laughs> the trail. I'm gonna start we, using. We've been trayed. Yeah. If you don't mind, that's yeah, funny. please. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a that was a good one. That's crazy. But you know what's funny? You mentioned you mentioned you feel like you're wrapping it up, and it, almost every episode I've done. I've had a wrap-up moment, and mm. then it just balloons into something else. It's so funny because it always happens, and I, I kind of expected it to. I mean, I generally blame my ADD because it's like <laughs> no, you say one thing, and it's like, forget it. We got to strap in. We got two more hours. <laughs> That's this. Right. But it's true. You could just my you brain could, is off. You could do this forever. Like you really could. Well, and, the, also, I, was, I haven't seen anybody in seven months. <laughs> just enjoying this conversation. Well, like I told you, I was surprised you were going to make the drive. I was totally expecting you to be like, yeah, just just give me a number. I'll we'll call. And I, I was happy to do it. When you said I'll go, I'm like, okay. About two in the afternoon today, I was. Almost about. Were to you text close? Were you? I was close. I was close. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope. Well, you wouldn't have trailed me. We just would have phoned. I just would have <laughs> called. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, uh, no, let's get out of the house for the day. Oh, I'm glad you did. It was. This was fun. I mean, I, I've never met you before. This is funny because I don't usually not know the person that I'm talking to. So this is kind of fun. That's why I kind of had everything set up. I wanted you to come in and be <gasps> like, like just I don't want to chit chat beforehand. Sure. Just boom, get into it and and and. Don't you love that? Because I've I've done that too. Where where you. You're ready to do a show, and you start bullshitting beforehand, and it's like, again, Billy and I would do it all the time. We'd call them our lost shows because yes. we would we would sit down and we would talk for two hours before we hit record, and then you have you can't say it again because it's not the same, right? And it's like when we before before we start doing wrestling talk, that's usually where we would do our wrestling talk. <laughs> it's like <laughs> let's get it out of the way <laughs> so we don't talk about it here. Right. But then we start talking about wrestling. It's like, Ooh, how, how was your day? And then it's Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's your day? I guess. Well, Mike, I do appreciate you coming. No problem. I, I really do. Um, the pool, the stories are great. I hope that everyone loves it. I, I, I was. I hope so. I was very entertained. I really was. I'm not lying to you. I know it's dark, and I could probably fake it if I wanted to, but, <laughs> but no, I, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me, man.